the web. This is the VWFLRadio.com. Match of the day. Ten Alley, of course, at Melbourne University for the Melbourne Uni Muggers taking on the St Kilda Sharks here on the VWFL Radio Match of the Day. I'm Peter Holton. Great to have your company in some fairly cool conditions. Let me tell you, the ground is looking pretty okay except the very centre area where there is a very sticky wicket. And let me tell you, it'll be interesting to try and bowl on that. Uh, at the moment, the Division 1 game is underway between Melbourne Uni and the St Kilda Sharks and the Muggers are in full control there, uh, leading 4-2-26 to St Kilda 1-3-9. But our key match of the day, will be keeping an eye on is the Premier Division game. One win separates Melbourne Uni and St Kilda. We'll hear later on from Lloyd Belshaw, the coach of the St Kilda Sharks, who said they took it up to Melbourne Uni for half a game last time, but let things slide in the third quarter, which ultimately cost them victory. For Melbourne Uni, they've lost the last two, and they'll be looking to try and put their season back on track. Third versus fourth. A crunch game, no matter how you look at it. Joining us uh, today in commentary and special comments, he's the man for all seasons. He joins us here on VWFL Radio. Very good afternoon to Dan Hill. Yeah, g'day, Pete. I tell you what, mate, I, I haven't bought the scarf today, and that's been a serious oversight on my behalf. That is yep. just terrible. It's mate, about you're, you're three degrees down here, but no wind. Not as windy as it was last time we were here, about a fortnight ago, or three weeks ago now. But uh, as you say, the ground has held up relatively well. Although it looks like someone's gone digging for gold in the middle because they've turned that <laughs> over out there. That is that is an absolute good old-fashioned glue pot, about five by five. You won't want to go near that. And one of the uni uh, men's sides, of course, use this ground, so uh, they chop it up in good turn. Yeah, well, and they, they also they have the two sides, obviously. Which I'm, I'm not sure if they all play. I'm guessing they would probably, yeah. if, if you'd you play at the other park, ground, yeah. you'd, you'd, you'd train at the other ground. But obviously the girls would train here. So uh, plenty of traffic on this ground, and, and it has deteriorated in the last two or three weeks, but it still looks like it drains pretty well, and, and hopefully we'll get a good game. In the, in the Division 1 game, there's only been five five goals in the game. It's 4-2 to 1-3, so might be a low-scoring one today. Well, which is funny. When you look at the, the squad on paper, when we look at Melbourne Uni and St Kilda Sharks, you think we'd be in for a goal first. You look at Melbourne Uni, you've got Blackburn, and you've got Burns who can kick some serious goals. You look at the St Kilda Sharks, you've got Mo Hope, you've got Phoebe McWilliams. Again, both have the star forward power. It's just whether they're going to bring the A game today. Yeah, well, that's going to be the issue, is getting it in long. And, and I think uh, I think most of the goals today will be will be kicked from that, that 25 arc, that 30 arc, getting it close uh, close to your goal and, and putting the pressure on your opposition. Uh, obviously, we saw Mo Hope last week. Um, she's by far and away probably the, the best forward in Victoria. Yep, um, yep. Obviously, there's a few others from WA and a couple from Queensland that, that, are, that are right up there in, in that title battle. But if you put it... Put it down to just the Victorians. She's an out-and-out superstar. So I'm not sure what Melbourne Uni are going to do there. If, if she gets on top early, uh, gets two or three under the belt in the first half, you know, as I said, it might be a little low scoring. The, the game might be gone from Uni. And, and St Kilda have found form. There's, there's no doubt about that. The side that's going to run out today, even though personnel is relatively similar, it's a completely different team mentally. Because in the as, as, uh, as you said, Lloyd would have mentioned that they, they fell away in the first game against Uni. I mm. can guarantee you that won't be happening this time around because I think they've finally got themselves yeah. rolling and starting to play better footy. And Mo Hope's kicked, I think, 30 goals for the year already. I think she had a coming off a 14. 14-goal performance against Bendigo. And she kicked two goals um, of four for for the Western Bulldogs last week. Uh, three out of the four. Three out of the four. There three you go. So she's in terrific form, and, and I think she might be the difference when... Uh, 
when the whips are cracking at the end of the game. I think the one thing they'll be asking for St Kilda out of Mo is quick goals early on in the game. They want to get ahead by one or two goals and I guess set the panic into Melbourne Uni. The best thing you can do against when you're playing against an opponent that's above you that's had two losses in a row is to try and get on top of them early so it starts to set the panic and doubt in once again. Yeah, oh, absolutely, and, and and that's really what Darabin did to Uni when they played them here three weeks ago. Darabin managed to get that three, four-goal buffer in front, then they slammed on two or three quick ones. All of a sudden, it was six goals, and despite Melbourne staging a little comeback and then being, unfortunately, robbed by what was one of the uh, cruel aspects of our game, which is the when there's a downfield free kick, there's no advantage. Yep, we yep. won't forget that goal to, to yeah. Blackburn for a while because it could have been game on if had that goal stood. It didn't stand, and then all of a sudden the momentum was gone and, and the comeback went with it. But uh, as you say, get those two or three goals in front. But I honestly think Melbourne are probably the fitter side, and this is a big ground out here. So if, if they are behind Melbourne, they can certainly come back into it, which they did against Darren, and Darren are obviously the best side, the benchmark mm. in the comp. And to be able to still be running on top of the ground, probably into the 15, 16-minute mark of the last quarter, then... The game itself was gone. Had the game been on the line, I'm sure they would have stayed on top of the ground. But again, in saying that, uh, Uni seemed to be slot, and this is this is not a, a criticism, but they seem to be slightly thin in the midfield. They don't mm. rotate overly heavily, so mm. interesting to see how many players St Kilda rotate through that midfield group, and uh, and how that plays out over the course of the day. One player I want to have a look at is Ali Blackburn. We talked about Moho, but Ali Blackburn, standout performance in the game last week at Eddie Had Stadium. As Ashby explained, Ali Blackburn's one of those players, whether she plays at Premier, uh, at first at Youth Girls, then at Premier League, and then uh, Metro Country Representative, State Representative, and then AFL game. Each level it goes up, she just seems to find the extra gear and go up again and again and again. And I think the job today for Mick Sandry is... He's seen Ali Blackburn come off a fantastic performance from Melbourne. It's trying to keep her at that level because it's so easy that when you... Let, let's be honest, Premier Division is that step down from the AFL. It's not the full elite pl 50 elite players out there. It's the trick of guests trying to keep Ali at that same intensity. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And, and look, for her, it was winning ball. Yeah. Um, handball received, she might have had two. Mm. The, the ball wasn't being handballed her way. Yeah. She was going in and getting her own footy. So... Uh, we saw that when she played against Darabin and she broke the game open herself when she moved to half forward and that's really the issue. She has to be coached and managed well yeah. because if you send it a half forward, the ball's there and it's it's there to be won and, and she can win most of those 50-50. She turns them into 55-45s all the time which is which mm. is what you want. I, I sort of call it the Danny, Sta the Danny Stanley syndrome. <laughs> Danny Stanley syndrome. For everyone who knows Danny Stanley from the Gold Coast, I went to school with Danny and Danny was exactly the same. He, he would play under-18s and you'd think, oh yeah, he's big bloke he was a yeah. relatively large kid oh yeah not a bad footballer and then and then he'd, he'd play ones and you think geez he went well there he's another cog up and he yeah. played VFL for two years and you thought oh, yeah he just started to get his way into the, the VFL he had a couple of AFL yeah. games was clearly out of step mm. then he went to the Gold Coast had another year effectively in the VFL and now he's been probably one of Gold Coast's more consistent performers mm. although now completely oversh overshadowed mm. by all the, the younger blokes coming through but it is the Danny Stanley yeah. syndrome. You can play... It's sort of a reverse, really. That, that's yeah. Danny being at the lower end. But Ali, as you say, at the higher end. Whatever whatever stage she's on, she seems to be performing at that, that higher level. But she can go 
those she can kick four and five goals in a game and break it wide open. So maybe maybe today's the day off the, the adrenaline of, of last week. And, and, and that's the thing, trying to keep that up, because the one thing I get worried about, and, and for example, we use the AFL-VFL example, when you've got some AFL players that have dropped back to VFL, whether it be that they're coming back from injury or form or rotation, whatever it might be, some seem to take the foot off the pedal when they come back a grade. They just don't seem to do all the things they'd normally do at the top level. Uh, I was watching McAvoy yesterday um, uh, for Box oh, Hill against Essendon. He'd be Essendon. a hopeless VFL football. And he was. He was just... Yeah. As, at times the comment was, geez, he's looking slow. Yeah, but that's uh, how he plays in the AFL. And really, that's, yeah. the, that's the question. There are a lot of players, you look at certain players in the AFL, and you think to, like, there, there'll be certain players that'll come out of the AFL, like Daniel Ward, for instance. Yep. And people throw around figures of $35,000 for, yeah. for him to coach a country club and play. And mm. you think, wow. 35,000. But then you see him play at a country level and he absolutely dominates. Mm-hmm. A guy like Danny Stanley's not going to do that mm. because he's hardened at that higher level. His skills are more his, his athletic capacity and those yeah. sorts of things, which, which can help you. But when you're playing on grounds that are 150 by 75, mm-hmm. as opposed to, to your big AFL grounds, it's, it's a completely different thing. There, there are certainly there, there are the three types. There are the Ben McAvoy types. Mm-hmm. There are the, the out-and-out superstars who, who can just do it at any level. Mm-hmm. And then there are the guys that are consistent like like a Danny Stanley where they just seem to be in the middle whichever grade they play so yeah it's an interesting one and there's no doubt and you say the AFL VFL thing as the intensity drops I don't think it's that at all I just think it's the players you're playing with the players you're around and and where you, you fit in and and a guy like Ben McAvoy, he is a slug. That's why we got rid of him, Pete. The Saints, too smart. <laughs> got out early. Very very good call. Very good call. Um, having a look at uh, the Melbourne Uni side, obviously a few players in there that uh, we didn't see last time uh, go around that have been introduced to the side. And one of them, of course, we did special comments with last week. Uh, she wouldn't give us the inside word. She said it would have to be the match committee that decided things. She made her way back through the resis uh, in the Division 1, I should say, uh, against Diamond Creek. And she's back playing senior football, Ash Bye. Yeah, she'll be wearing the number eight. Uh, so Ash comes in for, I think, her first game in a while, um, back into the Premier Comp. So she'll be uh, ready and rearing to go to get out there, no doubt about that. Yeah, and a, le- so. a left footer as well, who her teammates were trying to convince me she was a right footer. <laughs> so therefore, it looked like, oh my goodness, a right footer's doing so magnificently on the left. <laughs> so there are a few others as well. There's been a bit of movement. I think, I think Seddon's a new player. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think Alex McAvale, Callie. Yeah, yeah. Kelly, yeah. So there's a few in there, and, there, and there. it's good to see that there's a few coming through because at the end of the day, when, when it comes to finals time, you've got to have 30 that can that can be at full training and, and in your, your Premier League side that can, can be... Uh, can be chosen because if you get a couple of injuries come finals time you can't be trying to pull players out of the reserves that haven't played well, haven't played at all well, during the season well, we'll play the interview in a moment time from Lloyd Belshaw but I was chatting to Lloyd about St Kilda Sharks and he said he's got the same situation he's got a few players coming back from injury as well that he's looking forward to uh, one of them who's played a couple of premierships in about 200 games for them is uh, Melissa Ashman said so had a hip injury should be due back next week and uh, uh, to give <laughs> not to try and give away our ages too much but Melissa and I play primary school football together Together about 22, 23 years ago Jeez. in the early 90s at Broadmeadows East Primary School. I'm so sure she would have given you a bath. Please. She did, she did. I, I kid you not, folks. There was one game, I think it was in grade four, uh, Broadmeadows East played St. Dominic's, and St. Dominic's were shorter players, and as you always do in school oh, football, when so I started to play... She didn't play for the opposition. No, I played for the opposition. Oh. All the duds went to the opposition, <laughs> including me. I was a half-forward flanker, put onto her, and she was a half-back flanker, and she towed me up that day. Don't worry about that. Greatest, greatest quarter of footy I ever played, I think it was bottom age, under-16s, Pete, now that we're swapping stories. Yeah. I think I played for St. Albans. I was... 
played for Ocean Grove, but I played for St Albans in a quarter. I kicked four in a quarter. Four in a quarter? And they said, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm just getting... I'm, I like playing with these blokes. I'm just getting it. I've won from the pocket. I, it was a classic. Just kicked it to the top of the square, but someone tackled me at exactly the same time. And, uh, and it pushed it through. Probably a little bit of Ocean Grove wind to help it through as well. But yeah, four and a quarter, Pete, under 16s. You wouldn't read about it. And I, I reckon I kicked about four in the following season. So there you go. <laughs> Let's have a look at some of the games that are coming up here in the Premier Division in the BWFL. Um, a, couple games. a couple of one-sided games, unfortunately, as well. Uh, Darabin versus Bendigo You'll at uh, Darabin at Cap Reserve. You've you, you got to feel sorry for the Thunder because you know what's coming. Yeah, you know look, coming. look, I think that the one goal will be the big thing for, uh, for Bendigo today. Get the get the one goal. That'd, that'd be a, a huge effort. But as you say, Pete, they've struggled. I think their percentage is still below one. I think it's still zero point something. So, But look, at the end of the day, they dominated in Division 1 yeah. um, in, in their section. So, look, had to come to Premier. Had to try it out. Uh, hasn't gone so well. I'd love to see him stick around yeah. and have a crack next season, but uh, only time uh, will tell. No, it, was, it was interesting having a chat to Lloyd off air where we talked about um, the competition. Out. Some of the sides were down, the, down how low they were down the ladder, and he said frustrated by all the buys in the competition, not only mm. for the when we stopped the rounds of the uh, exhibition games, but also because it's now a 17 competition with uh, Berwick dropping out. Um, he said one thing he was thinking of with Premier Division, his theory was, I said, oh, should maybe Bendigo have dropped down a division and just been the top six? He actually played the reverse. He said, well, considering Eastern Devils and St Albans are struggling, he says he thought it might have been better if the, maybe the competition got expanded to maybe 10 or 12 teams in Premier, so therefore some of the other sides would come up, and OK, there'd be a big gap between top and bottom, but at least some of the bottom sides would be having more competitive games. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that, Pete. That, that was something that always irked me in, in junior sports, where you'd have four sides in the top division, and the only way you could improve to get to the top division was by actually playing in it. Because people were so keen on winning, and I know yeah. winning is a big yeah. thing, but at the end of the day, mediocrity is is boring. You've got to yeah, get yeah. out there and have a crack and test yourself. And I, the ten to twelve is something I suggested uh, suggested last last Sunday, and I'll, I'll continue su- to suggest because look at sides um, that that may be a little scared or, or maybe mm. in their infancy. Fair enough. Yeah. But uh, but hopefully I'm well, talking I'm talking five or six years. Hopefully there will be ten or twelve teams in the Premier League. Well, if you look right now, Cranbourne's doing pretty well in Division One and Division Three. So if they jumped up, you'd have A teams. And let's say for example, North Geelong and Seaford who are killing it in Division yeah. Two. Well, North Geelong it, and Seaford are two natural. If they both jumped yeah. up, then all of a sudden then you've got ten teams and you've got that group of four or five teams that will probably be on even par with each other. And therefore, even if they're getting a smash by a Darabin or a Diamond Creek, at least they know okay, we look down the track, we've got a couple of other teams we think we can beat so there's still hope to get some wins on the board and I think that's where the promotion relegation is huge yep um, and it, it basically kills off any sides just trying to, to stay in a division two and mm. just winning 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 yeah the development has to naturally be there yeah. so you're not going to tank a grand final um, mm. so I think what AFL Vic has done in every way shape and form has managed to mould itself perfectly mm. to fit the way the competition needs to go. But yeah. in saying that, you do have to make certain adjustments, and whether that's expanding it to 10 next season or maybe just out to 8, putting another team up, or I hope they don't go down the route of 5 or 6. I think that would be a couple of steps backwards. And the other game, of course, is the Eastern Devils who've uh, been struggling this year, but they've had a couple of uh, players play in the uh, exhibition game in uh, Watton and Hutchins. Uh, they're taking on Diamond Creek at Mulgrave Reserve. Yeah, well, you never know. Eastern Devils, hopefully they've had a few injured. I haven't, haven't had any touch with Eastern Devils. I do 
do need to catch up with them, but they haven't had the greatest season. But as you say, they've got some cream. They've got some cream at the top of the tree. Um, but when you come up against one of the contenders, it, it makes it hard. It's, it's a psychological barrier that you've got to overcome, and, and that's really what it is now. There's four that have sort of broken away, and St Kilda, I suppose, hanging into that that little block. But it's, geez, it's it's hard to make that gap. It's a when you look at sides now, this is Division One in front of us, Pete. Mm. If if one of these if one of these sides was to to play a, a Diamond Creek or someone like that, I mean, it, it would be 200 points. So there there is a gulf there, and it, it's clear, and, and it goes against probably what I was saying only a couple of moments ago. But but it's uh, it's one of those things, Pete. It's just the the nature of the beast at the moment in the, in this relatively young, new structured competition. Uh, other games, of course, being played in Division One. A game played yesterday, but we unfortunately don't have the results of this day, so I won't be actually entered into the VWFL.com.au website till after six tonight. Uh, VU St Albans took on Cranbourne. The other games, Darabin and Knox underway. Melbourne Uni is in St Kilda at the moment, playing in this Division One game. 26-11, to 11, Melbourne Uni leading, and Eastern Devils Diamond Creek also taking part in Division One. Uh, flipping across to uh, Division Two, which, of course, we talked about the dominant size there being uh, North. Geelong and uh, Seaford. Um, we just flick across to that now. Uh, one of the sides has actually dropped out of the competition. I think it might have been Q. Q yeah. yeah, that yeah. was so Q. Then they they said, "Look, too hard basket." Yeah. And the comp just said, "Look, just play everyone once." Yeah. And then you're okay. So I think they must have put that request in two or three weeks ago. Because they, they have the two, well they did have the two sides, Division 2 and Division 5 and now they're just sticking with the Division 5 side. So I think I think maybe the next step for Q next year might be a case of coming back but going into Division 4 and just building from there. Uh, there's games on at the moment, Morty Alec and Redan, Latrobe Uni and Pasco Vale, but the interesting one, Seaford second versus Sunbury Lions fourth, who of course are still filthy after they were just pipped at the post against Pasco Vale, the controversy two weeks ago. <laughs> There's the siren. I'm sure you would have heard that through your, your speakers on your uh, on your, your radio or on your computer. It was uh, final score for the Division One game is Melbourne Uni 4-2-26. They've defeated St Kilda 1-5-11. So a bit of a low-scoring game, tight tussle. The game was played pretty much in midfield for that entire last quarter. But uh, the Muggers getting a, a little psychological win on the board. Um, yeah, having a look at just at those other games quickly. Division the Sunbury game. The Sunbury game. We were talking yeah, about yeah. the Sunbury game. I, I think for Sunbury, this is sort of where you you stake your claim. If you can, if you can push a side like Seaford, I think they might have got pants by North Geelong. If, if you can push a push a side like Seaford, it can uh, can really give you some credentials and and worry a side like North Geelong when you go to play North Geelong next time. You've only just gone down, or perhaps you've beaten Seaford the the uh, the previous time you played them, and, and it just can play a mental game with a side like North Geelong who so far are still undefeated I believe Pete. Yeah indeed um, uh, at the, they're just rolling along on the top of the ladder and doing it uh, quite comfortably as we speak uh, in fact I have a half time score there from uh, Latrobe Uni and uh, Pasco Vale and uh, Pasco Vale were leading Latrobe Uni in that uh, division 8-9-57 to 0 so Ooh. they were doing it quite comfortably there in that game. And thanks to Pasco Vale for tweeting us at VWFL Radio. Division 3-4 yesterday, Churnside Park and Deer Park played. No final scores there yet. Uh, also being played at the moment, Bayswater on Hallam Cranbourne versus Melbourne Centrals. Port Melbourne Colts who are dominating against uh, uh, Montmorency. South Morang and Jakarta down the line. That'll be an interesting battle. And Wyndham Vale versus uh, White Horse Golden Point Dragons there with the buyers. So that's uh, some of the top divisions and uh, what's happening today. But of course the main game that we're having a look at is this Division 3 and uh, 4 battle here 
at Melbourne University, Tin Alley. And uh, about half hour ago, just before our broadcast time, I managed to catch up with the uh, coach of the uh, St Kilda Sharks, Lloyd Belshaw. And uh, I talked to him about today saying, you know, hate to use the cliches, but it's an eight-point game, isn't it? Yeah, I said exactly the same thing to him. Um, probably two or three weeks ago and they, they managed to get the points against VU St Auburn so the eight point games will await St Kilda from probably here to the end of the season it's, it's that kind of year for them You're on VWFL Radio and we're joined on the pre-game here on VWFL Radio by the coach of the St Kilda Sharks in Lloyd Belshaw and Lloyd I, I know we hate the cliches but today's a true eight point game isn't it you're one win behind Melbourne Uni and a chance to catch up today uh, it, it definitely is um I had the same uh, conversation probably about three weeks ago against uh, when we played the Spurs that uh, that was an eight-point game. It meant so much to us just to get into the four and um, probably for the next few weeks, every every game I think is going to be the Diamond Creek mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks' time. This one today, it, it's worth so much. And it, it, it's actually going to tell on our second half now where we are going to be standing and where we are regards our football and whether we have really improved so a lot's going to depend on it uh, I think it was safe to say you were slow starters out of the box you put together um, some games a few quarter performances but never got the four points and it, it, it's fair to say in the last few weeks it's starting to come together yeah um, look the, the Melbourne New game um, our first half was, was quite good and then our third quarter we fell away and they, they uh, blossomed and kicked five goals and it was a, a catch-up situation there and um, we did the same against Diamond Creek. We did this, uh, tell I, the, the game against uh, Darabin. Our first half was poor and then um, a lot more aggression towards the ball the last half. So these sort of things, it's great that it's learning, but the season's that sure you don't want to get away from us, you know. Mm-hmm, very true indeed, because uh, I think Melbourne Uni have shown that they've dropped the last two games after their loss against Darabin, and all of a sudden they've fallen back to the pack, and it, it shows just how, at least for the top four part, how even the competition can be. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, most definitely. And yeah, and, and as I said, you know, like if, if we can keep progressing, progressing and progressing, uh, as I said, the, the season's short, but um, probably hoping we would have stepped up a little bit quicker than what we have. Is it fair to say, and I was chatting to Mick Sandry um, a few weeks ago after their game against Darabin, he said St Kilda Sharks, he says, on paper, seem one of the most dangerous sides about, but he says it just seems it hasn't clicked yet. Yeah, that's 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 my call exactly. Um, you know, thank God I've got no hair, otherwise I think I'd be uh, pulling it out every week. But uh, look, to the girls' credit, they, they come to training every week and they work hard and uh, they're listening and, and the attention's there. But I think, and I'm praying that once it does click, away we go that's what I'm, I'm hoping for so is it also true in trying to build that off-field culture because one one of the things I'm quite surprised by particularly for a VWFL club no, no it's a, a fantastic website that St Kilda Sharks have got but you've, the site's even gone as far as creating their own TV show The Farm yeah um, it's well I sat down with the the president um, at the start of the in the committee and um I said it's about time we sold ourselves out there a little bit better mm-hmm. and um, the, the committee itself, the, the work that they've put in to promote the club a lot better and put them out there to be a face of, of that area, it, that's what the club needs, you know, like I'm, I'm not going to be there forever but they are, or I'm hoping that, you know, for their sake that they've got something in two, three years time that they're building towards now regards attracting girls to the club and they can build on that and that, that's what we're hoping for and that's what we're striving for and hopefully we're, we're setting up this year 
for the future for them, you know. And it's fair to say you now have competition in the area. Um, some of the alternate girls moved across and joined the newly formed Port Melbourne Colts women's side, and they've jumped out of the box in Division 3-4, sitting near the top end of the table. Yeah, look, uh, don't get me wrong, Port Melbourne Colts, I, I was involved with the men's side there for, <laughs> uh, when Des Tudnam coached. Um, and they're, they're a great club. Um, and and you've got to admit that uh, with Altona sort of folding regards of women and they're struggling regards of youth girls, that they had to go somewhere. And I was surprised the majority didn't go to Windenvale, but, you know, to their credit, they went to, to Porter, a newly formed side, and, and they're doing the job. It's great. You know, great for women's football. That's a yeah. great part about it. And, and tell, tell us about the youth girls as well with St Kilda. You've actually gotten to a partnership with St Kilda City. Yes, um, uh, them and... Um, uh, a couple of uh, sides have sort of only had three and four uh, under 13 girls so uh, they've, they've come across and we've got about I think overall about three or four uh, junior sides that have mixed in with them and, and again we've got four guys that are involved in coaching them setting them up and, and really working hard to to build them up into something so they're going on they've had a couple of wins for the year so they're, they're yeah. over the moon you know so yeah going well with the youth girls uh, let's talk about heading into this game some informed players that you've got we can't go past Mo Hope 14 goals against Bendigo and an impressive three goal performance for the Bulldogs in the AFL women's match yeah look um you, you, you see Mo and she's a very quiet sort of a person but uh, all she is is just full on football um, she loves her football and, and it's great that uh, she's got herself back thinking about her football and her approach to football um, I've coached her once before when she came to St Albans when I was involved there and uh, to get her back involved uh, with us again it, it's terrific she's just a, a great person too so uh, very very happy with her performance so far this year and, and the softly spoken Phoebe McWeens as well was showing plenty of potential last week I, I think the call from the country box was she was doing all the right things there's one or two little things that she just needed to pick up on in her attack on the ball but she was running to the right places yeah look uh, I, I suppose probably uh, last week too against um, Footscray for her being with Melbourne big ground and uh, big occasion probably a little bit overawed but I, I still think she competed very very well and and what I'm happy with Phoebe though uh, what she's doing for us she's competing very well for us so I'm, I'm up there and um, the good part about Phoebe she can go from centre forward to centre back into the centre for me um, she's uh, very much a flexible player which is good you know and just finally uh, how important is it to have uh, a playing senior assistant coach and Shannon McFerrin out there on the ground well, it's amazing. It's not so much out in the ground too. It's a training. Uh, her her attitude, her application is fantastic. Her input's incredible at uh, what she does. She steers the ship. It's typical of um, having another leader uh, out on the ground. We've got our uh, leadership group, and she's not even involved in that. But what we've set up is that she's the head pin on the ground. Mm -hmm. What she says, she directs, and um, that's how it's sort of based on. And she's doing a great job. She's a Oh, well, she's our senior assistant. She's just a great person. So, yeah, she's going well. Well, an important game for you today, as we mentioned earlier, looking to see if you can catch up to Melbourne Uni on the ladder with a crucial win at Tin Alley today. We thank you very much for your time, Lloyd, and best Pleasure. of luck in today's game. Thanks very much. Pleasure. And that's Lloyd Belshaw, of course, the uh, coach there of the St Kilda Sharks, uh, joining us uh, on the pregame that was recorded about uh, half hour ago, and we thank him very much for his time. Both sides out there on the ground, and we're just commenting off here, uh, Dan. It's very retro, but it's great to see the St Kilda Sharks, of course, they don't wear the white shorts when away from home. They wear the red shorts. Yeah, it's a very, very interesting look, Pete. The, the red shorts with the black trim, which uh, which is very, very interesting, and, and wearing the, the right socks, which I could never understand 
when the Saints started wearing black socks with little red and white hoops at the top. Ridiculous. I remember watching Spider Everett run around. He looked like a galah. It was hilarious. <laughs> but uh, as, a, as a Saints supporter and a fashionista of the Saints, f- coming from the, the lolly wrapper and the yellow jumper and oh, all that, keeping it simple, good to see. At least he did look like a blue M&M, which the Carlton side did there for a while. Isn't it great to see Carlton going terrible? Isn't that fantastic? <laughs> and of course, of course, the Saints are playing Carlton today, and Carlton are probably giving us a pantsing at the moment. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a few scores for those games that are, that are on today throughout the call, of course, Pete. And, and may I say as well, being an Essendon supporter, a very enjoyable win over Port Adelaide. Wasn't last, that good? Uh, uh, Port Adelaide last night. And just to see the look on Koshy's face, that's always <laughs> always good to see. <laughs> uh, I don't think he would have been too pleased at all, and I think that would have put a smile on everybody's face. But we are literally two minutes away from bounce down here at Tin Alley. That is Parkville for the Melbourne University versus St Kilda Sharks game. Third versus fourth, a crunch game. And uh, Phoebe McWilliams uh, out there wearing the 37. I wonder if she's told or not, because I think she was taking part in the stadium stomp this morning at the MCG, which they're running up and down all those stairs, because she was on the front page of the MX newspaper on Monday. Jeez, she'll be tired. Well, jeez, it would have been given a good workout to start those, <laughs> and then having to front up for the game. So... Uh, so uh, hopefully, you know, she's uh, the legs are okay and they're burning okay, and uh, she can run out the full game. Toss in the middle of the ground, and Sarah Chapman, the uh, captain of the Sharks, has won the toss. We're kicking to the left of your radio dial, so the eastern end of the ground. Yeah. Now, Pete, uh, update from Etihad Stadium, mm-hmm. Carlton, nine two fifty six lead the Saints two two fourteen. I've had some very, very uh, brash and expletive text messages that have just come across my phone. <laughs> that the Saints were a joke and we should fold, etc., etc. Because all the, I've been giving it to the cult supporters for a while and they're just yeah, getting their yeah, own yeah, back. Yeah, exactly. They're just looking for the square up. Not that they're doing much at all. Another goal to Rewalt, so that takes them to 3-2. Just cutting into the margin. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> the Saints rolling from here. How good would that be? Slowly but surely. Slowly but surely. The umpire's blown. The Wilson says to the sides, come on, let's get going. And the Melbourne girls just in their huddle now, having the quick last few words. They are taking girls. a long time out there, Pete. It's, it's, it's game time now. The umpires have been out on the ground for a good 10 minutes. They've been running the warm-up as they like. And I know, at least in other leagues as well, at least um, uh, some of the higher leagues, where sites get fined if you don't come out on the ground on the exact minute, if you don't uh, go to your exact end at the exact time, if you're not lined up at the exact time. So, But, of course, uh, here in the Women's League, it's more important about having the game on, and that's the most important thing. The St Kilda girls now in their respective huddle having their last few words. As we said, it's one win and percentage separating these sides after Melbourne Uni, who were tied at the top of the table, Darabin, lost against Darabin, and Diamond Creek would send them back down to third. And, of course, if they happen to lose to St Kilda today, that puts them on e- level pegging, but Melbourne Uni will have the superior percentage. But if Melbourne Uni do win, that puts the pressure on Diamond Creek because our name of the week next week, of course, is Diamond Creek versus Darabin at Diamond Creek. Oh, and they'll give them a run for their money too out, out there. So as, as you say, Pete, you've, you've said it all throughout the pregame. It's an absolute good old-fashioned eight-point game. And this first quarter is going to be absolutely huge. There'll be plenty of sparring early. Indeed, we watch uh, Ash by. She's going down to uh, the forward line for the Melbourne Uni side in her game back. Uh, she was several weeks out, did her ribs against the St Kilda Sharks at the Peanut Farm back in round two. And uh, she's now uh, popping down to the forward line to help out Burns there. Let's watch in the middle of the ground. Sparks going to start in the middle for the Melbourne Uni side. Uh, straight off her performance, of course, playing uh, in the women's exhibition match last week. 
umpire looks around getting things underway looks like Baisley will be in the rack for St Kilda she's a big unit right in the middle of the glue pot as well interesting place to try and get things going where normally some of the umpires might try and pull it either side of the glue pot just to uh, give a fair run up but Ball's out of loft, and we are underway. Round 8, VWFLradio.com, and here we go. Spark wins the tap down. Taken by Blackburn, put it on the right boot. Went straight towards centre half forward. Bottom of a few players. Ash Bryce picked it up. She's in the game early. Gets on the left for the snap. Looking for Lauren Burns. He tried to come out for it. Couldn't get away from it. And the umpire says, that's too high. St Kilda ball. And uh, they'll get the resulting free kick from full back. Looking to go towards the back pocket. Grandstand side. Dardengo takes it. Dardengo on the right. Going long. Going high. Ooh. Front posse there taken. But couldn't hold on to it. Was Wicklesma. Ball hugging close towards the boundary line. Kerrick is lurking about. Taken by Claire Heffernan for the Sharks. Goes up the line. But good body work taken by Alicia Eva. Eva on the wing. In front of the commentary position. She looks in board. Squares it up in the direction of McIntosh. She couldn't take the mark. Front of the pack for the Sharks was McFerrin. Had it, lost it, then got a little handball away to Garner. She hacks it forward. So St Kilda in attack. Mo Hope gathered, then got onto the left. Instead decided to kick with the right, which is probably why it was forced wide into the forward pocket here for the Sharks. They're outnumbered here, and that should be holding the footy. Umpire wave play on. Said there was prior opportunity. It was, it was jarred free in the tackle. A chance in the forward pocket now for Chapman. She had it, lost it, claimed, dumped. 25 out from St Kilda's attacking goal. Left forward pocket. Plenty around at ball in dispute. Again, handballed out the back by Chapman. Now cleared by Melvin Uni up towards the wing. And we'll have a throw in between wing and half forward for the, for the St Kilda Sharks. They get their first inside 50 of the game. And very, very even early, Pete. Just feeling each other out. And McWeems getting a hand on the ball early as well for the Sharks. Umpire arches her back, throws the ball back into play. When they uh, spark there, ball went out the back door. Trying to pick it up there is Carney on hands and knees. Scrapping and fighting hard that? for it. Will the umpire pin her? We're waiting. No, it's come out. Call play on. I think it's pound in there. And the umpire says going nowhere. Blows the whistle. And we'll have a ball up. But as you can sense early... A fairly uh, even contest. Both sides seem to be evenly matched. Absolutely. Baisley, the stop and prop ruck work. Spark jumped straight over the top. Knocked it forward for Melbourne. Blackburn laid the tackle on Heffernan. She handballs out the back defensively. And the ball comes forward for the Sharks, but it's all uni. Spark gathers on the edge of the square. Kicks towards half forward. McIntosh all on her own. Takes the mark. Wants to go quickly. Little legs pumping. Turns from 65. To the hot spot, Burns, a chance, pound from the side, had it, couldn't claim the mark, looked at the umpire, and the umpire said nothing doing, play on, ball in dispute, 30 out from goal, they're really waiting a long time, they're even holding the ball. A catterall being taken off by the Sharks, one down already in the hands of the trainer, limping along, I hope it's not a knee or anything like that, but catterall is down. So, St Kilda, they look to clear, Vanderwall at half back, she goes wide to the outer side, bouncing footy for Brutton, she then kicks up towards half forward, bouncing footy, running onto it, Phoebe McWilliams, has a couple of metres on her opponent, snaps around the corner, Mo Hope all on her own, good work back there from Brooke White, trapped it when she was in trouble, now Mo Hope runs defensively, then gets on the right, snaps around the corner, and she's too good from there, you can't give her that much space, first goal of the game to Mo Hope, she was looking around for teammates, they were sort of looking at her and saying, Mo, you might as well do it yourself, she did exactly that, Mercurial finish, and the Sharks get their first of the game. They move to one straight six with Uni yet to score. But as you said, Pete, a blow for the Sharks early with Catterall taken from the field in the opening minutes. Well, that is going to be interesting as well, not having that key player off. But as the game goes along, particularly with that glue pot in the middle, as we saw against the Darabin game a few weeks ago, when the legs start to get weary later in the game, when you've got that one rotation down, 
how that might come back to hurt them. But the important thing for the Sharks is they've got the early one on the board. So we're only a few minutes into the first term and St Kilda one straight six. Melbourne Uni yet to score. Give that tap out to Baisley. Ball still on the middle of the deck. Trying to fight for it there is Pound. Ball popped out to Heffernan. Heffernan ran to centre half forward. Went long high to the back. Hope takes it, runs into an open goal square, puts it through. Yeah, Brooke White, she got caught out of position then. Mo Hope too smart. Got it over the back, gets the second. Two and 60 seconds from Mo Hope, carrying on the form from the last few weeks. She's on fire. Yeah, she's going to be tough to stop. I think we mentioned that early, Pete. We were saying two or three to half time. She's going to have two or three to, to quarter time. And she may prove to be the difference in this so far. They've had probably three entries St Kilda for two goals and, and Uni just on the back foot. And it was the smart thing from Heffernan as well. No hesitation. We She had the ball between centre and centre half forward. Just popped it in long to her key forward. Baisley and Spark will go at it again. Baisley uses the body. Spark jumps over the top. Slapped it a good 15 to 20 metres forward. McFerrin went in. She couldn't come up with it. Players around the footy just on the edge of the... The glue pot on the back side, on the Royal Parade side of the ground. And we'll have a secondary ball up in the centre square. Tossed up, Baisley won the tap, got it wide. Chance for McFerrin, had it lost it. Heffernan went in there, now McFerrin handballs defensively out the back. Chance for St Kilda through the agency of Gardner. She goes out even wider. McIntosh leads the race for Uni. She couldn't come up with it. Chance there for Ashmore. She gets the handball into the centre of the ground. Uni a chance to run. They go up towards half forward now. Good kick towards Pound. Just didn't win the one-on-one -on, -one on that occasion, Pound. Turnover. Sharks through Dardengo. She goes wide. Fumbling the footy there was Harris. Now the ball, sorry, was Brutton. Now the ball comes out the back. Poor handball in the end from Chapman. And they'll have a chance again here. St Kilda McFerrin pushing the back. Umpire wave play on. Hands from Gardner. Out wide. Little fend off from Brutton. Then she decides to go defensively. Pursued. Turnover for Uni. A chance to attack. Wilkos Mark goes long on the right boot, dribbling up cars to the boundary line. Keeping it in play is Ibrahim and Smaus. She gets taken over the boundary line and out of bounds right in front of the St Kilda coaches' benches. St Kilda, two straight 12. Melbourne Uni yet to score here on VWFLradio.com. Umpire arches the back and throws the ball back into play. Spark wins the tap down versus Baisley. Well Sharked off the pack there by Carney, the captain of Melbourne Uni. Went to go towards Burns. Just went over her head. It was just a little bit too much on the kick and it went through this for a minor score. Melbourne Uni one behind, St Kilda 2 straight 12. Quick restart but a poor kick. It goes only as far as Caitlin Ashmore on the outer side for Uni from 50. She goes to the hot spot at the back by. She couldn't take the mark. Burns at the front and she, she missed away to the right from 10 metres out. Very, very unlucky there for Burns. She probably had a little bit more time than she thought and just the minor score. Melbourne Uni two behinds, two points. And the Sharks, they lead it by 10 points. They are two straight 12. And Jess Fuster told me in an email that uh, Lauren Burns' nickname is Yoda. 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 So uh, We love to get involved in that sort of stuff. So too. use the force. <laughs> use the force. <laughs> Very good. Uh, as the ball is with the St Kilda Sharks halfback flank on the grandstand side of the ground here at Tin Alley. They're up by 10 points. Early stages of the first term here on VWFL Radio. Baisley. And Aisley just gets on the on the Beautiful right part knee, just hooks it close to the boundary line, and Bruton takes it, and Bruton goes up the line, having space there and taking the mark is Chapman. Chapman looks further afield, gets on the right, close the player on the mark. O'Brien in oh, front, taking good. it over the top. McWilliams using her 50. athleticism, calling for the 50. Will she get it? Yes, she will, because she was interfered with by Ibrahim, who was standing between her and the player on the mark. That was silly. I don't know what she was doing there. 
I think she's just lost where she was in space and gets probably what I'd call a good 25 up to the 50 metre line. 29.2, Pete. It gets on the right and looks at Hope who led into space. Got to stand in the hole. No one in the hole for Uni and they're all looking around at each other. Saying who was standing there because the entire forward pocket was open for her. Mo Hope will be looking for her third goal and she'll be lining up from around about 35 metres out on a 45 degree angle and seeing as she can put it out to 16 points the difference, slight breeze blowing across so she needs to start it right to left comes in, Ooh, oh the wind, it. did it just squeeze in? No. No it didn't, the goal umpire using all the theatrics possible to signal <laughs> it was, was a, a big time delay wasn't it? <laughs> Indeed, he, he had a thought about it, I thought he was going to phone a friend at some stage and St Kilda Sharks 2-1-13 Melbourne Uni, two behinds we've gone, uh, I'd say probably at least uh, 7 or 8 minutes into this first term on VWFLradio.com. So the 12 persons own employed for St Kilda and taking the kick out is Kaluzi. She spots up Eva who marks 15 out from her defensive goal. Back to Kaluzi. She goes wide to Spark. Good footy here from Uni. Marks at half back. Standing the mark is Banner for St Kilda. Spark kicks over the mark. Over towards Ibrahim. She couldn't take the mark. Slapped away by McFerrin. Goes in to lay the tackle and a bounce at half forward for the Sharks who lead it by 11 points early in this game out here at Tin Alley, which has been a ripper between Melbourne Union's and the Secilda Sharks so far. And uh, McFerrin on the bottom of that, trying to take it away. The umpire says going nowhere. I think it was Anderson that went with her. The umpire asks for the ball back and will throw it up at centre-half forward for the St Kilda Sharks. There is Spark. Got the tap down, but sharked away there by uh, Townsend, who delivers long and towards the forward line. Went through the hands there of Banner. Ball popped out the no, back. not Hope. Oh, geez, the hand pass. Hope is looking dangerous. Kick smothered at the crucial moment. In goes Banner. She's close to the boundary line. Has scored it over. On her hammer was Giddings. And the umpire says, we'll throw it in. Uh, no, in fact, pays the free kick, says uh, Banner was interfered with. And she'll get the resulting free kick uh, about 20 metres out from goal, right up against the boundary line. Tough shot. Oh, and it's just going across the face. They're appealing for a mark there. The umpire pays it. And uh, we'll just put the goggles on. Here's the quick little kick back into play. Calling for it is Vanderwall. No relation to that Oasis song. And we'll be lining up. <laughs> from about 30 metres out, but again on another tough angle, but this time kicking from the right-hand forward pocket. That's the toughest pocket to kick a goal from, Pete. Very, very tough with the breeze blowing across. And a right-footer as well. She pops it up at the top of the square. They crash the pack. Heffernan got caught straight away. Popped out to McWilliams, who was seized upon by Spark. Umpire still allowing it to play on. In there is Townsend. She tries to rip it out, and the umpire calls for a ball up. Locked in with her is McIntosh, the C-bomb. 30 metres out from the Sharks' goal. The Wallabies would have been wrapped with that, Pete. There was about six throws in there, and the umpire just let it go. Ball slapped out <laughs> the back, now the umpire's fallen over. They clear, though, Melbourne Uni. Through the agency of Kearney. She just smashes it out towards the broadcast wing. Pound leading the race. She's got two or three metres on her opponent. Gathers on the bounce. Oh! Candy. Got around. Then goes on the right, up towards half forward. A chance for Stevenson. Had it, lost it. Then it was knocked away by Garner for the Sharks. She went back in to get it. I think it might have been Eva in there. In fact, it was Wicklesma. She's under the pump. Dumped. McFerrin threw it out the back. Umpire wave play on another throw. Another scoop. <laughs> so the Wallabies would be absolutely wrapped with this, Pete. Now the Sharks. They look to clear, but only as far as Spark. Dropped what she should have taken. The Sharks up towards half forward through Whitehead. Good little pass, and it finds McWilliams in front of the commentary position. Squeak McWilliams on the right boot, looking for Hope, long into the forward pocket. One, two, bites. Banner had to go back and pick it up off the carpet. Oh, it did well. Sultan Candy got on the right boot, trying to put it up towards the top of the goal square. Mark taken for the Sharks. 
or was it going Melbourne Uni's way? Yeah, in front. Yeah, it was a close call, both going at the same time. And they'll relieve the pressure, looking for Spark. One hand on it, couldn't control it, kept it in front of herself, just stepped over the boundary line, and out of bounds under pressure from Banner. And we'll throw it back in. I was just impressed by Pound, who right in front of us, when she sold the candy, she was running backwards and went to hand pass it to the left, and then backed off and went the other way. It was impressive. It was very, very impressive. And, and they managed to get up towards half forward, but Uni really struggling to break the 50 at the moment. Ball slapped out of the ruck by Spark. It goes forward for the Sharks. McFerrin, she's all on her own. Unmarked. Wigglesmar goes in to help out. Ball shoveled out the back. Eva bundled over the line. And we'll have a throw in. 55 around from the Sharks attacking goal who have been doing all of the attacking. Yeah, Uni just can't seem to get a structure or a system together at the moment. Ball tossed back in. One-on-one -on -one around the contest. Spark to the front. A chance to clear there for O'Brien. Windscreens. She went back in. Couldn't come up with it. Ashmore's in there. And the umpire says, I'll have it. We'll have a bounce. In fact, getting to her feet. I think it might have been Lou Stevenson. No, it was Maddie Kerrick at the base of that one. Ball tossed back up yet again. Kerrick just gave it back to the umpire. Then it went straight back up, straight back to her. Another bounce. Half forward for the Sharks. Umpire throws the ball up in the air on the half forward flank position. One there by Baisley, hugging close towards the boundary line, putting her head Kaluzi over the ball. In fact, it was Blackburn who popped it out. Hurried little kick there was smothered close towards the boundary line. Giddings is there trying to keep it alive. In there is Garda for St Kilda, fighting hard for it with McIntosh. Popped out to oh, Heaven who got the seized upon. Popped the ball out to Dardengo. That was ambitious. Went in towards the forward line, bobbling around there. Kaluzi, can she get onto it? She was besieged by Sharks. And Mo Hope just took oh, it no. straight out of her hands. Got no. round home. No. Back against the boundary line. Don't tell me! <laughs> Don't tell me! <laughs> no hope! That's ridiculous! <laughs> that is too good. That is too good. She's deep in the forward pocket. She ducked around three or four and then managed to get back on the right and just keep it inside the left goalpost. That is absolutely ridiculous. That is good as you will see anywhere. They sell that candy. She's literally, what, centimetres inside the boundary line, 45 metres out, and just curves it inside the goal where it literally just misses the left-hand goalpost on the way through. That's incredible. What are you supposed to do? If you if you're Brooke White, what are you supposed to do? Mo Hope in absolutely unbelievable form early on. When you're hot, you're hot. Absolutely. Baisley won the tap. Uni, they really need a clearance here. They need it big time. They had first hands to it, but Bruton comes up with it for the for the Sharks. Out the back, Carney. Had it, lost it, got the handball away, but the smother was on. McFerrin just did the one percenter beautifully, then kicked up towards McWilliams at half forward. And happy to see it across the line is Alex Kelly. We'll have a throw in at half forward for the Sharks. At, they are kicking towards the Fitzroy end <laughs> in the opening term, Pete. The Brunswick Street Oval in 3-1-19 St Kilda. Melbourne Uni two behind here in this Premier Division game on VWFLradio.com. Melbourne Uni were winners earlier in the Division 1 game over the St Kilda Sharks. Ball in. McWilliams did the ruck work on that occasion. Went with the double oh, fist across the boundary line. Is that too high there on Liston? The umpire says no. We'll throw the ball back in once more. 50 metres out from the Sharks' goal. And we talked about how St Kilda needed to get the early jump on Melbourne Uni to try and put the uh, muggers under pressure and that's what they've done and they've used the agency of the breeze and Mo Hope's red hot form Baisley got the tap waiting out the door, back door there was Heffernan besieged upon got it out quickly to Gardner Gardner on the left close towards the boundary line and it went over looking for the players in Banner and McWilliams who just couldn't get there in the nick of time Kelly with them for the muggers will throw it in 45 out from the Sharks goal huge stat Pete about 15 throws for the Sharks they've got away with <laughs> in the opening term it's been consistent though out the back, Heffernan. 
Got the handball away to Bruton. She goes to the top of the goal square, the hot spot for the Sharks. But coming in was Brooke White to cut it off and take the mark for the Muggers on the last line. She looks to switch the play towards half-back. Poor kick. Oh. oh, back with the fight with plenty of courage was M. Smith. She's down too. She's hurt. As the ball, actually, it's the, the, the player she collided with. Bit of friendly fire as Melbourne Uni looked to build along the outer wing and come up towards half-forward. They've got the momentum running for them. McIntosh couldn't gather the footy at the crucial stage. And then finally a throw. They got the 16th one, Pete. Free to Melbourne on the other side. And they'll be looking for some players to go to. I think one of them is uh, Seddon will be uh, offering some uh, short relief. But there goes long to the one-on-one. -on -one. Burns was caught from behind got on that occasion. It bounced through to Carney, the captain, who's going to run in after a bounce. 15 metres out. Well First goal for the Muggers. Well done, Burns. She laid the shepherd at the right time. She realised that Carney had the space. Brought it to ground. And terrific work from Burns. Playing the perfect pivotal role of a key power forward. And that's what seems to work well for Melbourne, isn't it? When they get that Pagan's Paddock happening, when they get that one-on-one -on -one Burns and her opponent, the good thing about Burns is if she's not taking the mark, she's locking it to ground and allowing Rovers to run onto it. And we've seen from a couple of weeks ago, that Darabin game, the one thing Melbourne Uni do have when they're going, they do have the speed. Oh, absolutely. They've got pace all over the ground, and, and there's, it's clearly noticeable that the Sharks' body size, they're a lot bigger in, and tougher in the clinches, and Melbourne have got those outside runners. Ball up in the centre, Stevenson the tap. She's going into the ruck, but only as far as Bruton for the Sharks. Another centre break for her. She goes very, very wide in search of Banner, who's been involved in plenty early on. But the ball beats her across the line. We'll have a throw in 55 around from the Sharks' goal at left half forward, which seems to have seen a lot of play in this quarter, Pete, this forward pocket. Yeah, unlike uh, the other time here, it was on the outer side or city side of the ground. It's more on the grandstand side as McWilliams tried to get a hurry kick in. Just went straight up and straight down. McFerrin did the roving work, knocked out of her hands. Uh, Muggers tried to send it back, but only as far as Bruton, who's 65 metres out from goal, puts it on the right boot. It pops up, and it just sits nightly for McFerrin, who just parked herself underneath it with plenty of space. Sees the foresight to oh. go to Heffernan, who dropped it at the crucial moment, the ball was just short of her Kaluzzi trying to keep it alive there had Carrick with support, put it on the boot only as far as the player who's uh, in red hot at the moment, and Bruton's been getting plenty of the ball she lost it, ball on the ground, Kelly is in there, holding it up for the Muggers and the umpire is going to call for a ball up, 65 metres out from the St Kilda Sharks goal, they're attacking with the aid of a breeze, going towards the eastern end so Stevenson over the top, but Baisley did win the tap, out the back, Blackburn had it lost it, handball to a self-umpire wave play on and then said it was a throw. Yeah, because I think it went up in the air, then came back down again. So yeah. it's it's interesting call. But and 25 right. for Lip. Oh. Against Stevenson, I think. This is going to be tough for Mick Sandry at quarter time. He's got to not only speak to the Melbourne girls about getting their structure back, but about getting the discipline back as well, because it could so easily unravel from here. And he's got to get their mind focused back on the task. Blackburn not taking uh, the mark. Now she will take the mark. And McFerrin plays on, kicks from 40, back on the breeze, oh, over the boat. Is it Hope? Over the back, Mark for the Sharks. I think it's, in fact, it's Harris. Georgia Harris has taken the mark for the Sharks in the goal square, effectively unopposed. She goes back, kicks the easiest of goals, and Uni are in disarray. They are really, really struggling here. They trail 4-1-25 to Uni 1-2-8. The Sharks kicking away to a handy 17-point lead, and maybe it should be more, Pete. One thing I found interesting was Heffernan's approach. I mean, she did the run like she was almost going to give the pass off and realised there was no one coming. So she just ran around on almost like an arc, like a rugby league player coming in on their hook to kick the ball and uh, sized it up right to the top of the square. 
Yeah, it was it was McFerrin, McFerrin with a kick McFerrin, and, and, yeah. and geez again that twenty five they're shocking to give away. They can hurt you really badly, and it did on that occasion. Bruton once again gets another possession. Put gets someone on it. Boot, kicks towards the half forward flank position. Ball bobbling around. Kelly Orp got upended without the ball. No set the umpire. McWilliams shrugged off one. Got on the right foot, squeaking towards the forward line. Popped around. McFerrin has found space again. Solson Kenny to get <laughs> round Blackburn. That's an effort. Blake gets on the right boot out towards the pocket and leaning out to take the mark is Harris. St Kilda Sharks are on fire. They are absolutely dominating. The ball is just being pumped inside their attacking 50. And, and look, Uni, they have no answers at the moment. I'm not sure how big this wind is, but geez, Uni will want to hope it's a three or four goal breeze. In comes Harris on the right boot. It is high. It is long. It is good. Terrific ha kick. Harris has got two. Hope has got three. And St Kilda have got everyone stunned. They are 5-1-31. Melbourne Uni... Uh, sitting on 1-2-8. And, and as we said, when we came here today, we thought we are going to be in for a low-scoring, tough, tight contest. But the Sharks have come flying out of the box. They have absolutely stormed the stalls. They have uh, gone to the front, put the bit between the teeth, and they are running away with this one. Uni need to get ball in hand. They need some possession. They need some territory. They, they just need to wrestle back control. As the ball's back in the centre of the ground, Baisley won the tap down to McFerrin. She's dumped. McIntosh injected into the midfield. McFerrin went back in. Heffernan. Little handball at the back. Basie lays the Shepherd. Bruton. Good little handball for the Sharks. Dardengo. Runs to 80. Kicks to 30. Chance for Hope. She's outnumbered 3 to 1. That's not a bad way to go. Melbourne Uni is figuring it out slowly. Little handball at the back to Smith. She snaps to the hot spot. But it's only as far as. I think it might Kaluzzi. be. Kaluzzi. And she'll switch the play for Uni. And I think she's got Carney out there on the outer side. White is the first to receive now, looking to go to Carney. Oh. Just at his feet, it was a poor hand pass. Picked up by Kula Reed. Kula Reed goes in. Hop! Come through. Couldn't quite hang on to the football. Going where there was Ashmore. Ball hit the ground and went over the boundary line and out of bounds. We'll throw it in just next to the right-hand point post. And the St Kilda Sharks attacking the eastern end. With during the quarter, they had an aid of a slight breeze. We're nearing quarter time. And they currently lead 31-8. to eight. Ball back into play. Just waiting for the ball to pop down. Well done, taking Ashmore. it there, Ashmore. Hand pass oh. didn't go too far. May have spoke too soon. Waiting for it there is a Heffernan. Got the hand pass. Was looking for Haitley. Couldn't get onto it. In there is Ibrahim as well. Ball just pops out. McWilliam tried to shovel it out. Almost a throw in there. And that's almost a throw to Norkey. Another throw. Norkey got it across to McFerrin. McFerrin got pushed over and she kicked the ball. Went in towards the pocket. Coming through there is Vanderwall. She couldn't pick it up. Tackle laid on there by Chapman. They're coming everywhere, the Sharks at the moment. Under pressure is one. White just slams it on the right boot for the Muggers. Goes out towards the half-back flank. Oh, Carney. Carney, the captain, showed a clean pair of hills, and she's away. One over the top. Found Gab Pound. Pound got one over the top again to Carney. They're going with pace now, Melbourne. This is their strength. Runs to the centre wing. Kick. Kicks on the right. It's got to be good. It just fell short of Sidden. Sidden's got to try and pick it up. Got it moving forward. Most important thing, Stevenson out there as well. Pressure on at the moment for the Muggers. They need a goal, and they know they need it. Going across to Ali Blackburn. Blackburn. Bird at centre half forward goes long for goal for 52 metres out. It just dribbles away at the crucial moments and goes through for a minor score. 139 Melbourne Uni, St Kilda 5131 here on VWFLradio.com. But that is a better build up of play. It's something that Melbourne Uni are well known for. Absolutely. And Ashmore, the, mo the move's been made. Ashmore's gone on to. Mo Hope, so that'll be interesting to see how that plays out in this game. Blackburn, a chance at half forward, got it to McIntosh. 50 from home, kick to the hot spot, Burns couldn't take the mark at the back, and 
the mark's been taken by Cooler Reed on the last line for the Sharks, who's had a few stats in the last few minutes. Cooler Reed goes towards the back pocket and taking the mark there, Dardengo. Rebecca Dardengo gets on the right. Interesting oh. hook. It's going to fall short. Taking it there is Norkey. Back to Dardengo, who got going on the right boot up towards the centre wing position. Through the hands of Smith, got punched away from behind by Giddings. Picking it up there, O'Brien just overran it at the crucial moment. Going in there is Giddings again, and the umpire calls for a ball up. Squeak McWilliams in there, and the umpire says, I'll have the pill back. I think I suggested that uh, on air last week, Pete. I think Ashmore would be a great matchup for Hope, and that's the way they've gone, and, and Hope hasn't had a possession in the last five to six minutes. And O'Brien got the ball out as far as McIntosh. C-bomb went up, but there was all St Kilda Sharks waiting about 20 minutes behind the ball. Smart footy, Bruton in the middle of the oh ground. Right, was trying to look for Carney. was trying to look for Vanderwall. Knocked out of her hands. Carney had to go again. Did so. Had support there from White. Got it back to Carney. Spun around in circles. Great got it on the right boot. Looking to try and land it in the hands there. Seaton just went out the back door. Here's an opportunity now. This might be Stevenson. A shot on goal, but oh, on Brilliant goal. From 25 metres out, a great running goal for Melbourne. They've found their run. Put that down to Lou Stevenson, her first of the afternoon. And Melbourne Uni, their crowd are getting into it. They're 2-3-15. They're trailed by 16 points. St Kilda 5-1-31 in the shadows of the quarter-time siren. Yeah, well, it was Lou Stevenson with the goal, but it was all the work of, of Carney and also White in the middle of the ground. They, they teamed up really well. White went in, laid the shepherd. Carney, she is absolute silk. She has played terrific in the last three to four minutes. As we get that siren, and it's Melbourne Uni 2-3-15 with the last goal of the quarter. They trail the Sharks 5-1-31. So it is a 16-point lead to the Sharks, who are kicking with the agency of a three-to-four-goal three to, three to four goal breeze, I think. Pete, although, will know more by half-time. But, jeez, I'll tell you what, Emma Carney, that was absolutely super to end out, to end the quarter, and Lou Stevenson, a terrific finish. Uh, well, as we said, St Kilda fast out of the blocks for uh, for their lead, but it's good, I guess, for the Muggers that they got that goal just on the quarter time siren. Not only does it peg the lead back, but it gives them a bit of hope of, OK, we've shown that when we get the structure together, we can score fairly quickly. Now we've just got to put that into action in the second quarter and chip away at the lead. Yeah, and, and it's a really big issue, and I, I think Mick will probably highlight this in the break for for the muggers is when there's a, a, a contest of any sort or any nature when there's five or six muggers around it they've either got five or six going forward or five or six going back so they need to have two forward four back whichever makeup you want to have you just can't have all all your players running one way so if he can get the girls to address that in uh, in the second quarter it'll be a completely different game around the clinches because St Kilda have absolutely dominated McFerrin has, in terms of the, the little 50-50 balls, McFerrin has had about 15 disposals in clear space. Um, also, obviously, at the middle of the ground, Bruton's been fantastic. Mm -hmm. And Heffernan, I mean, hasn't been played on at all. She's yeah. just got a licence running around with her own football. So they'll, they'll have to address that, the muggers. But she's on in earnest, Pete. This one's well and truly alive. Indeed it is. Just before we go to the break, have you got some of your famous uh, stats that matter? Yes, I do, Pete. So the inside 30s, absolutely huge for St Kilda. They had... 13 inside 30s to Melbourne Uni's 3. Uh, the Marks inside 30. St Kilda had the 3. Melbourne Uni just the 1. The centre breaks to the to the Sharks was... I think it was... I missed the last 2. I think it might have been even. So it was 6-2 to two in that quarter. And Bruton had probably 5 of them. She was fantastic out of the middle. Uh, rebound 50s, Melbourne Uni 2, St Kilda 1. So very, very even in the stats that matter. 
apart from uh, those those inside 30s where it clearly shows that the Sharks had the, the game at their end of the ground for a majority of that quarter. We'll take this opportunity to take a break. You're listening to VWFLradio.com, our coverage of the Premier Division today between Melbourne Uni and St Kilda Sharks here at Tin Alley. And it's the Sharks leading at quarter time, 5-1-31 to Melbourne Uni, 2-3-15. We'll be back in a moment. Introducing an advanced multivitamin, mineral, natural protein. It's 10 essential nutrients everybody needs in one convenient source. Milk. Legendary. This is Danny Green. On a night out just like this, take it from me. One punch can be deadly. Thrown in anger, without warning, without gloves, it can kill. One punch can end their life and ruin yours. It takes grunt to throw it. It takes guts to walk away. One punch can be deadly. Authorised and spoken by Danny Green, Perth. Hi, we're the Wiggles. Did you know that Vinnie's raises funds for their good works by selling really good stuff in their Vinnie's shops? But the shops don't run themselves. That's right, they need volunteers to help. Can you spare a few hours each week? All you need is enthusiasm and some spare time. And it's really good fun. Please, will you become a Vinnie's volunteer? Just visit vinnies.org.au or pop into your local Vinnie's shop for more details. Yeah, and while you're there, have a look round. You'll, You'll love, love what, what you find. find. When you hear the name guide dogs, you normally think of this. But did you know guide dogs also provides a range of other services to help people with vision loss to stay safe and independent? Best of all, they come to you and their services are completely free. So if you know someone who's finding it hard to get around because of vision loss, give guide dogs a call on 1800 804 805. That's 1800 804 805. Social events, corporate events, birthdays, parties, weddings, music for the masses, DJs, live musicians. You set the date, we'll set the mood. Music for the masses, 1-800-4-MUSIC. 1-800-4-MUSIC. Music for the masses. Live across the web. This is the VWFLRadio.com. Match of the day. And welcome back to Tin Alley in Parkville for our Premier Division match of the day between the Melbourne Uni Muggers and the St Kilda Sharks. And it's the girls from the Peanut Farm who are leading 5-1-31 to Melbourne Uni, 2-3-15. And uh, I might as well just give a little quick plug while we've got to mention. We talked about with Lloyd Belshaw uh, during the... Um, during the pre-match, of course. If you go to the St Kilda Sharks website, stkildasharks.com for their women's site, they've actually got their own little TV show called The Farm. 15-minute episodes just about every round. You search under media, and it's a very well-put-together production. Oh, there's some... there's some. Uh, I think Bendigo do the same thing. There's some very, very uh, handy users of the old technology around, Pete, and it's fantastic to see people getting involved with uh, with media all across the VWFL because it, it absolutely deserves the coverage that, uh, that it's currently getting and, and more because it's a fantastic competition. Well, we're just about ready to get underway. Spectators are coming off the ground. The umpire's got the ball in the middle of the ground. You're with Peter Holton and Dan Hill on VWFLradio.com. And to get us underway for the second term, it's Dan Hill. Just a quick score from Eddie had while we wait to count. I think it might be a head count going on at the moment, Pete. <laughs> They're counting all 18. As the siren sounds, it's Carlton 62 leading the Saints 47. The Saints have got themselves back into it. But back here at Tin Alley, ball tossed back up. Bruton again. She has got her own pill out there. She gets the stoppage. Goes towards the wing. A chance for Gardner. 
for the Sharks. Had it, lost it. McFerrin went in and got it. And Spark tackled her of a bounce right in front of the commentary position with the Sharks maintaining their quarter-time lead of the 16 points. VWFLradio.com at the ground at 89.1 FM and download the VWFL app from the Google Play Store. Just coming through there, uh, nearly got caught is uh, Garner, top the ball over, coming as Heffernan, got the hand pass back to Whitehead. Whitehead went towards the half forward, nearly falconed uh, the player there and Eva just bobbled oh. off her head. Umpire calls for a push in the back and uh, calling for it straight away is Sarah Chapman. Chapman, the uh, captain here of the St Kilda Sharks, gets on the right boot, hanging close towards the boundary line, was looking for McWilliams and found her. Phoebe McWilliams, long way out from home, 55 out, looking for hope on the lead, but getting in front position. Too smart, Ashmore. Is Ashmore, and uh, worked her well, and Ashmore didn't really gain any ground, and oh, hesitated, now Hope's coming at her, will she catch her? Trying to shrug her off, Ashmore <laughs> got away, it was funny stuff to see. Uh, got to Carney, Carney had to shrug off the player in McFerrin coming at her, goes to half-back flank other side of the ground, Ash buys a long way up the ground, trying to run onto it now is Brooke White, White got to get around her opponent there in Haightley, still going round in circles, Ash by calls for it, wearing the long sleeves, Ash by lovely on the left, oh, going towards heck. centre half forward, was looking for Burns, but the kick fell a few metres short, and Heffernan just cut across and took the mark. She does what she likes, Heffernan, gets in all the right positions, but that's a poor switch, looking for Bruton, oh great mark though, Bruton, she she was outnumbered against Spark, had to take the mark and did exactly that. Little handball at the back goes to Dardengo. She goes up and down towards half forward, coming through Squeak McWilliams. She goes over the top to Chapman. A chance for McFerrin, had it, lost it, went back towards Chapman. Then she handballed out the back to McWilliams. It goes up to half forward, slapped on and only as far as Carney. She handballs in board. Poor handball in the end, but a chance now for Melbourne to clear. Claimed. Turnover. Liston, that no, was Gardner. And again, cutting across. Good defence from Uni. Kaluzi comes in to take the mark for Uni. And she decides to go towards the half-back flank on the other side of the ground. And that is Pound who takes the ball. Pound gets on the right, going long. Ah. Oop, just cut off. Uh, she was trying to put some juice on it, but it was taken in the end uh, by, I think it might be Burton out there, who gets on the right boot, going towards the centre forward position, just bounced for McWeens, but it bounced into her chest and she took it, gave up the hand pass, and that's basically a standing start. Hope came charging through at the last second, nearly crashed into Kalusi, who slapped the ball out of her hands, hugging close towards the boundary line. Sharks managed to keep it in with Mo Hope, got around one, got no. on the right boot, towards Not the again. top of the goal square, umpire pays over the shoulder, going the way of Melbourne Uni. No. Is it? Well, he pointed in one direction, then pointed in the other, and no, St Kilda ball. There you go. Get the marshmallows out, Pete. Soft, you reckon? They're not happy down in front of us either, Pete. Banner. I hope, you, I hope you couldn't hear some of that on, on your radios. Beep. As Banner comes in on the right boot and pokes at it, and it goes through. The umpire was going to pay 50 anyway, pays the advantage, and that is a goal for Banner. That is her first of the afternoon, and St Kilda Sharks skip away to six goals, 137, leading Melbourne Uni 2-3-15 here on VWFLradio.com. The crowd not happy. Not happy at all. Should have kicked it for him, Umpy, I think might have been the quote from down the front. And uh, ball comes back to the middle of the ground. We, we better be nice <laughs> to the natives, If you want to get out alive. Yes, correct. So ball back in the centre of the ground. Or if you ever go to Victoria Park, I've always found find the nearest exit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> get straight on the train and get out of there. Slap forward by Spark. The clearance will go the way of Uni. But again, out the back, Bruton. But she's knocked off it. Chapman went in after it. Little handball came from Heffernan. Over towards Chapman, but now Carney. She just breaks away from a couple, gives it to Blackburn. Blackburn wasn't expecting it. He expected Carney to take off, 
Blackburn pushed her opponent in the back. Bruton, she has it on the right. Little kick as far as Dardingo. Umpire paid the mark. Dardingo was off. She kicks up towards right half forward. Leading in the race over there was Banner. But a chance now for Uni if they can take the mark. White had it lost it. Pursued by Hope. Banner had her dumped. Umpire says, holding the ball. You had your prior opportunity. And it's a free kick to Banner in the right forward pocket. Brooke White, she couldn't have done much more. She was out number three to one. Didn't really have prior. But the umpire said, bad luck, free kick to the Sharks. I'll tell you what, the Sharks are being fierce today with their intensity. They absolutely have. They've tackled fantastically. Banner, right forward pocket, bang, goal, easy as you like. And the Sharks get another. They move to 7-1-43. The mini fight back from Uni. The momentum they took into quarter time, as good as gone. Stuck on 2-3-15. A 28-point lead for the Sharks. The umpire's doing a few favours for the Sharks, but Uni have got to do some favours for themselves. They can't win the ball out in the middle. They've got to put someone on Bruton. They need to get something happening, and at the moment, it's just not working for them. Umpire with the ball back in the middle of the ground, thrown up in the air again, and Baisley wins the tap out, waiting for it in hands and knees. His guard, they got the hand pass at the Bruton, who brings another possession, took a bounce. Bruton got on the right boot. Hope coming out towards the pocket, bounced in between her and Banner. It's just jackknife on its point. Hope overran it, shrugged off one, shrugged off two on the left, hooked in towards the top of the square. But uh, waiting back there and taking it is Brooke White. And White takes one bounce, runs away from her opponent in Harris. Goes for a run, gets on the right, went towards center half back, nobody home. Basley took it. I think she was looking for Spark, but didn't have enough juice on the kick. And Basley is thinking about having a crack for she about 55 hours. She can smash him, Basley. Basley. Slow approach, 60 metres out, it's going to fall short, top of the square stuff here, in comes Hope, she crashed the pack, weaving through there is Carney, hand pass off, and uh, this is where she found Eva, Eva goes up, but only as far as Vanderwall, and just on the right boot, looking for oh, McWilliams, oh no. who found space, and I just say there's some bad signs of Melbourne Uni coming into that, there's some uni girls that just gave up who were just walking around the defensive 50, and that's not a good sign. Yeah, not a good sign at all. McWilliams from 45, 45 degree angle. McWilliams comes in, right boot. It's an interesting pick, that. but it does the job. And McWilliams gets her first of the afternoon, and the Sakilda Sharks just keep on rolling on. They are 8 1 49, Melbourne Uni 2 3 15 here on VWFLradio.com. Gee, she struck that well, Pete. It's not a, uh, it's, it's not a contemporary style, it's a bit old school, but she absolutely smashed that from 45. And, and as you say, out wide, terrific play, forced the turnover, get the ball back in board, and, and McWilliams on the lead. Let me say you today that if St Kilda had won this game, in, say, in a close one, I don't think people would be surprised. But if St Kilda come out here and smash Melbourne Uni today, Very which is looking, surprising. there'll be some sides. Derrick and Diamond Creek will be raising their eyebrows saying, geez, is there a joker in the pack coming finals time? Absolutely. Ball out of the middle, McIntosh. She decided, well, if no one's going to do it, I'm going to go do it myself. So she went in, got the high tackle and said, why not? Got it to Eva. She goes towards half forward. Turnover, St Kilda at half back. Good handball by Heffernan out the back door. Kicking to the centre of the ground, finds Gardner. She's under the pump. Dardengo knocked off it by Ashmore. Umpire waving play on. Dardengo went back in to get her own footy, then kicked it square and wide. And marking out wide for St Kilda was Harris. She goes in board and finds Heffernan in the glue. Centre of the ground. Kicks up towards full forward. Ball smashed away. That was good work there from Kaluzi. She had it and lost it. 
Board half forward now for the Sharks. About 35 to 40 metres from their attacking goal. And it's all locked up in dispute. Umpire says, I'll have it. And we'll have a bounce. Here on VWFLradio.com, umpire throws the ball up in the air again. Mick Williams virtually tapped it to herself, just waiting for it. And then got crunched at the crucial moment. Kaluzi, ball just bobbling around. Going in there as well was Eva, couldn't quite get it out. Ball still on the ground with the umpire call for the whistle. She does eventually. Traffic jam 25 metres out from the St Kilda goal. And will throw the ball up in the air. And again, as the rain comes down here, just like spits at Tin Alley. And they've got the numbers to run off the back line through Carney. Carney took one That's bounce, takes a second bounce, still going on half-back flank now. That's a long, booming kick chance, uh, for Seddon, a chance. Seddon will try and get onto oh. Coolery going with her. Coolery comes back in, tries to keep it alive. Seddon did well, got it across to Ash By, kicked it around the corner, looking for Burns, couldn't turn around. And waiting there, I think, maybe McFerrin, who went back towards the wing position, getting bowled over Vanderwall, got her kick away in towards the middle of the ground, Gartner. Gartner out towards Great the half-forward flank now, Shark. Building again, long kicking towards the forward line, waiting for it. Nearly hit the play there. I think it might be Catterall back on the ground. Just hit her in the knees. Ball popped off, close towards the uh, boundary line. In goes McFerrin, and the umpire says it's going nowhere. I'm going to call for a ball up deep inside the Sharks forward line. So it looks like O'Brien's been moved on to Mo Hope, which is an intriguing move. Ashmore injected into the midfield. Probably the, the next best matchup. Uh, Kath O'Brien certainly got the physicality to go with Mo Hope. Maybe not the pace. We've got the height and the physicality. So Mo Hope decides to use her advantage and go to this stoppage, which is 25 out from St Kilda's goal. Short throw in Spark to the front. Ball perilously close to the boundary line. Blackburn's in there. Had it, lost it. McFerrin was dumped, tripped. Umpire wave play on. Little kick out of the pack. Goes in search of Anderson. She couldn't come up with it, but out the back is Pound. Racing away along the outer side. Little handball to buy. Wants to get back onto the left. Gave it away to Blackburn. She runs around the outer side. The university side of the ground. Kick beyond the pack. A chance now for Garner. For the Sharks. She just hacks it forward. A bit of a Texas wedge. Now she gets one high. Umpire waves play on. Garner. Up towards half forward. McWilliams at the side. Great mark at the back. Carney. Super mark. And Uni have it at half back. Oh, Carney single-handedly trying to keep Melbourne Union in the game, but as soon as I praise her, cutting it off there was the player in Gardner who came sliding on through, kicked it in towards the forward line, was trying to find Chapman, turned over by O'Brien, kicks it back now towards Carney. Carney had to sell some candy, got on the uh, hand pass, had to keep it alive. There is Anderson who kicked towards the broadcast wing, straight through the hands of Kelly who went back and got it again yeah, while under pressure from Dardengo. Kicks it towards the half-forward flank position. Stevenson takes the mark. Lose Stevenson on the left, goes to the one -on one Burns! Ah, too good. Thank you very much and taking it is Lauren Burns, the president of Melbourne Uni. As we said, we found out during the week her nickname is Yoda and she'll be lining up for goal directly in front, 20 to 25 metres out. Put Crucial the, kick. Put the glasses down, Pete. Put them down. In comes Lauren Burns, directly in front, no problems whatsoever. That's a training drill for her. And Burns gets her first goal of the afternoon. The crowd are up and about. And Melbourne Uni, three goals, three they move to now. Is that correct? 3-3, three, three, 21. And they trail St Kilda Sharks 8-1, uh, 49 here at Tin Alley. Well, again, Burns, one-on-one -on -one inside the 50. Terrific mark from Lou Stevenson. She looked up. She could have taken off. Instead, she decided to work with Burns, who was pointing left, right, and everywhere. And in the end, Lou Stevenson said, I'm just going to dump it on your head. Work it out, Loz. She did exactly that. So, ball to come back to the middle of the ground. A little psychological boost 
for Melbourne. They moved that well from mm. half-back. Nice rebound, 50 from them. Well, they're five goals d uh, down at the moment. What is it? Uh, sorry, 49-15. Uh, if they can at least get two or three more heading into half-time, it, ke it, it keeps them alive. It does. Carney, out of the centre of the ground. A bit of a run here for Uni. Buys in there. She's dumped. And the umpire says, I'll call for it and bounce it. It might have been Ashmore in there. In fact, it was Maddie Kerrick. Hasn't seen a lot of it in this game so far. Chance out the back. Carney gets on the right. Hacks it forward. Bouncing footy. In dispute towards half forward. Spark. The bounce. It went for her. Then she was tripped. Well, maybe she wasn't. Umpire wave play on. At the back, Giddings. Had it. Lost it. Got one in the back. Then another one in high. Umpire wave play on. Then a spear tackle. Just letting it go. <laughs> a lucky Heffernan there. Got one right across the shoulder. But the umpire saying, I'm having none of it. And I think Heffernan loved it all the more. <laughs> umpire throws the ball up in the uh, air. 40 metres out. Oh, it was sparked to Blackburn who... Didn't realise She thought that she, she was, was going to get claimed Yeah exactly That she had some space and time So she just dribbled one forward That went for 30 metres And went through for a minus score Rain a bit heavier Pete Yep coming down here at Tin Alley It is now two goals for 16 For Melbourne Uni Trailing St Kilda Sharks 8-1-49 Hope your headsets are waterproof Pete VWFLradio.com Thank you very much <laughs> Just leave that one on the ground That's fine We've got that on there As taking it now through Off the half back flank And receiving oh, his Chapman Bruton took a bounce, got on the right, going up the line, trying to call for it as McFerrin, waited at the crucial moment and allowed Anderson to take it. Anderson, did she get caught? Oh. Yes, she did. Oh. It was smart by McFerrin. because she, she no. could have claimed the ball, McFerrin, but she says, I'm going to let Anderson get it and then I'm going to get it. And that's what happened. And McFerrin gets the resulting free kick. She is at the half-forward flank, 65 metres out from home. Hope a long way out from home, takes a mark just inside the boundary line. Decides to play on, came back in, 50 metres out, looking for McWilliams. I don't know how McWilliams had all that space to herself, and she took the mark 15 metres out directly in front. I think it was a bit of a wobbler from Hope that came from, from the boundary line. She squared it up, probably kicked it from where the, the 50 yeah. meets the, the boundary line. It, it just floated in. I think she was the only one with her eyes on the footy, Pete. I think that's why it, it looked so Easy. so nonchalant yeah. from the uni defence. And Squeak McWilliams puts it straight through the high diddle-diddle for the St Kilda Sharks. And for McWilliams, that for her is her second goal of the afternoon. And it moves the St Kilda Sharks now onto nine goals, 155. They lead Melbourne Uni 2-4-16 here on VWFLradio.com. And uh, just to give you a, a hint of next week's matches, we're doing the Division 3-4 game on Saturday afternoon, 2.30pm between Montmorency and Hallam. And then we'll be back on Sunday at plenty for uh, Diamond Creek versus Darabin, second versus first. I think it should be 3-4. 22 as well, Pete, just to update the scoreboard. Ball back in the centre of the ground, Lou Stevens. I'm on top of it now after Three, that four, draw. That's right, you are right. I'm you on are top right. of it after the draw, mate. I'm not going to let that go. Burns, marked at half forward. Terrific grab. Kicked the scrub at a spark, but she was good enough. She was in front, and she marks 30 out directly in front. And surprisingly, um, Mick Santry's made the move that worked well for him in the third quarter last week, again going towards the eastern end, when he took Spark out of the ruck, and allowed Spark to be more mobile, and moved Burns into the ruck. Spark, 35 out. Directly in front. High ball. Away to the right. Kick like a ruckman. Yes. Didn't come back on the breeze. Just the one behind. So, Uni. 3-5-23. They trail the Sharks. A very accurate 9-1-55. And the kick out from, uh, well, almost full back in the back pocket. I don't know really where it was going. Deliberate? Uh, but it went over the boundary line and had a bounce for a throw in 65 metres out from goal. It was unusual to say the least. Uh, the ball will be thrown back into play. 
Kerrick was waiting at the back there, couldn't quite grab it. Kicking around the corner there was Norkey. It worked out okay. Oh, give the don't argue if you don't mind. Dardengo runs away, gets on the right, going further up the line, oh, sliding in to take the mark is McFerrin. The veteran looks around. She looks about 15, Pete. Gets on the right boot. Full of running. Hugging close towards the boundary line. Hope smacked out of her hands by Ashmore at the last moment. Uh, the ball went over the boundary line and out of bounds. I'll tell you what, Shannon McFerrin, she looks about 15 or 16 out there, running around like a kid in a candy shop. She's had plenty of possession. I don't, know what, she's, half I don't know what she's on it, but I'll have half of it. <laughs> Absolutely. McIntosh went in, couldn't come up with it for uni. Smashed out of the pack there by Garner towards half forward. Was slapped away by Bai, who's moved towards half-back. Out the back, Heffernan. She doesn't want to have a shot, so she handballs backwards to Garner. Oh. She's claimed. Gave the don't argue. Bruton on the right, into the pocket. Nice little kick. And she finds Banner, who's about 35 metres out on a tight angle up against the boundary line. Although they're not very shallow, but they're pretty shallow pockets here at uni. She kicks on the right. Scrubby old ball to the top of the goal square. And only as far as Kaluzi on the last line. Kaluzi looks towards the city side of the ground. A long kick. Here comes Burrs just charging through. Takes the mark. Uh, she got in front of McWilliams. She and had the head of steam up there, but you wouldn't yeah. want to get in the way. Exactly. She hits the packs hard. Going now to Kaluzi. Uh, gave it off to Blackburn. Blackburn going long up the wing position. Ball out the back door. No one really home here for Melbourne Uni unless you can get a runner onto it in ground. She was lurking nearby. Tackle laid on. Umpire comes in and says we'll call for a ball up on the outer side of the ground. Pound on the bottom of that pack. Yeah, Vanderwall, she didn't really know what to do there, so probably not a bad option to just hold it up there for the Sharks. Stevenson going up against uh, Baisley. Ball on the ground. Vanderwall is in there. Couldn't extract the ball. Try to get a little hurried hand pass out. Townsend, light rain falling again at Tin Alley. Matty Kerrick in a headlock, play on, says the umpire. All, all <laughs> locked up. Maybe the rain was uh, spoiling the view. And once again, we'll call for a ball up with St Kilda Sharks leading 9-155 to Melbourne Uni 3-5-23. Ball tossed up out of side. Uni side of the ground. Pretty, pretty big old buildings over there, Pete. Been here for a million years. The umpire says, I'll have it again. Kerrick on the bottom of that pack. So again, Baisley won the tap towards the boundary line, out of side. Hacked out by Baisley. Heffernan went in after it. She couldn't come up with it. Now she does. Flailing about on the deck. Claimed. Uni clearance towards half forward. Burns got it on the bounce to McIntosh. She takes a bounce. Runs to 40. Handball over the top. Spark. She's 25 out on the right. Snap around the corner. Just missed it to the narrow side. A one behind. Could have been a fantastic play there for Uni. That would have lifted them. Not to be. 3-6-24, the Muggers. They trail St Kilda 9-1-55. Here on VWFLradio.com, Norkey out of defence. And taking the mark there is Garner. Garner has the ball, gets on the right boot, going up towards the halfback oh. flank, had it momentarily, Townsend dropped it, got oh, it well back done. again, quickly uh, sped away, got onto her right, looking for McWilliams up the line, going with her as Brooke White who created the pressure, hair pass over the top by calling forward, ignored, went back to White, White under pressure, has to try and get rid of it, Sharks ball though, and they kick it in towards the centre half forward position, bobbles about, Banner overran it, went out the back door, They've got support there, including Ashmore, who picks it up. Gave off the hand pass to White. White goes with a long kick up the line. Umpire says in the back, and that will be a Melbourne Uni ball. 
and uh, they have it on the city side of the ground and will it be a 25 yes it is and uh mcferrin not happy at all with that and getting much uh, i think she might have said stick it up your jumper umpy and uh the umpy said <laughs> well i'll show you how far that jumper goes here's 25 and i think it might be ellie blackburn who kicks it long she does she goes towards burns off hands over the back a chance here for ibrahim she gathers it on the bounce and shovels it out towards Blackburn on the right peg towards a vacant goal square. Bouncing footy. Will it get there? It does. Oh, it's hit the post, has it? Oh, jeez, it didn't look to hit the post. Can we get a score review on that one, please? <laughs> Close. Just the one behind. Close call at the end and uh, taking it there is McFerrin in the back pocket as the rain streams down here at Tin Alley. And uh, they take it to McFerrin. It's a beautiful day five minutes ago, Pete. What's going on? I have no idea. Should have thought about the umbrella. <laughs> the open commentary box as well. We're copping it. Yes, we're in the play. So we're, we're not soft. As, uh, <laughs> it's all locked up here at the moment. Who's going to be first to try and extract it? We're 65 out for the Melbourne Uni goal. Too high, says the umpire, and it is going St Kilda's way. And uh, it looks like, from what I can see... The uh, player there in Haightley, and Haightley's kick just goes towards the pack, hit the ground. In there is Blackburn on hands and knees, fighting for it. And umpire says she caught her opponent well, and Blackburn gets the resulting <laughs> free kick. They're plucking them everywhere now. Yep, and uh, <laughs> trying to break up the play. Oh, Heavy Rain really now coming into the box. As here's the kick in towards the forward line. It's dribbling forward. This could be a chance McIntosh. to run on goal by McIntosh, and the C-bomb kicks it. Good goal in the NP is the rain continues to come down and Melbourne Uni maybe this will suit them get the ball on the ground get a bit of momentum and smash it forward unpretty footy and it's not a bad way to do things 5-1 well not a 4-7 now 4-7-31 to St Kilda who are 9-1-55 so it's out to that even back to that even four goals I should say Pete which is always attainable I reckon four goals is a psychological edge in the mind and if you can push it out to five and six that's when the game can get away from you but Melbourne Uni just hanging around. It's particularly handy on your home ground as well because if you're doing it on your home ground you have a chance that the crowd gets involved you get that little mental edge as the ball is in the middle trying to come through there Heatley got the hand pass out if you don't mind now keeping it alive just uh, going towards the centre wing broadcast side of the ground they went to kick off the carpet McIntosh did some good roving work it was picked up there by Dardengo claimed by McIntosh play on called the umpire this is McFerrin. He kicks it towards the half-forward flank position. Went through the hands there of White. White went back in again. She went and fought for it. Fighting hard with Emily Smith of St Kilda. The umpire is going to be holding oh, the ball. Kid. Which way? You're kidding. And going the way, well, of uh, Smith. Disgraces the crowd. And Mick Williams gets the uh, kick now. It's smothered by Kelly. Here come the Muggers, sending it back once again. Mick Irvale kicks it in towards Burns. Burns trying to keep it alive. Ragdoll to a player. Throw away. Throw away like she was the recycling. Picking it up now, and the player runs down. If you don't mind, is Dardengo, whose kick comes off the side of the boot, dribbles over the boundary line and out of bounds. The crowd's getting vocal. you got to love Cecilia McIntosh. She laid about four tackles on Dardengo's about twi twice her size, and then went back again. 55 plays 31. It's St Kilda's way. Ball back into play. Over the head. McFerrin taken out of her hands. Claims her opponent in Carney. Umpire says it's going nowhere near the shadows of the halftime siren. Yeah, first uh, first tackle laid on Carney in this entire game. First hand that's been laid on her. Stevenson out the back. Blackburn for Uni. Snapped around the corner. Burns. Can she get to the contest? Can't do so on this occasion. Spark at the back on the 50. Couldn't come up with it. A chance now for Seddon. She gathers. 
Handballs backwards to Eva. She goes up towards full forward where Burns is running into the pocket, but it goes only as far as Borden, who kicks around the outer side, pushing the back downfield free kick against Burns. And will it be coming back? No, it is a downfield. Free kick to the Sharks at left half back. Here on VWFLradio.com, 24-point lead to the uh, St Kilda Sharks over Melbourne Uni. It was long, and uh, Kerry crashed the pack, but coming through there was Garner, who gave off the hand pass. Hurried little kick there by Townsend. Just burst through a few. Now in the foot race, Ashmore versus McWilliams. Ashmore gets there. Hope coming at her as well. McWilliams tries to uh, get in there for the Sharks, but they turn them inside out. Melbourne Uni did well O'Brien. Kicks towards the middle of the ground. At the feet there of McIrvale, who's got to be good. Intercepted in the middle of the ground, where they're trying to find Stevenson kick towards now it's going back I think it might be by gets a little hurried hand pass before she was claimed and the umpire says holding advantage and that's a free kick will it be advantage no it won't be in fact it was Eva that was claimed pardon me and Alicia Eva has the ball at centre half back Mr Hill can they set up a play from here well they're going to have to go long and direct Spark wants it in the middle of the ground Eva wants to go backwards and sideways and does it's not a great kick but it will matter little because the siren has sounded and in this game of the Premier Division of the VWFL at half-time. It's been an absolute ripper so far. The Sharks doing all the attacking in the first term. Probably just came uh, came back to level pegging in terms of momentum towards the end of the second. But at half-time, it is Melbourne Uni. They trail the Sharks by 24 points, four even goals. It's the Muggers, 4-7-31, and the Sharks, 9-1-55. So accuracy coming into it, but on the run of play, Pete, you would say the Sharks still holding the aces. They still seem to be winning the 50-50s, the centre breaks, and taking marks inside their forward zone with Mo Hope, the ultimate trump card. Here on VWFLradio.com, that score, 5-1-55 to 4-7-31. points the difference, so they're still within striking distance, the Melbourne Union buggers. Just but hanging around. Indeed, hanging around. They've just got to find a way to start chipping back into it. But if you look at it this way, 10 scoring shots to 11 scoring shots. So scoring shots-wise, it's been fairly even. They've just got to get it between the big sticks. And they've shown that in their third quarter against Starabin a couple of weeks ago when they put on a few quick ones, that they can turn things around. Yeah, and I think that was the issue where they probably got themselves into a false sense of security, Melbourne. They, mm. they took one or two of those marks on the bounce, but when they actually had decent ball and decent attack, that's probably where they broke down. They, they just couldn't reach that, that 50 when they... They had, uh, they had sort of possession of the ball and, and deciding to go sideways and rather than that longer and direct kick, which with the wind was carrying the pack and they, they did that a couple of times, but also the attackers not reading that the ball was going to go over the back. Probably the only time that it, that it did happen for, for Melbourne was when McIntosh got that goal deep inside the 50. So they just need to, again, change the game plan to what they did wrong in the in the first quarter because they will be kicking into the wind. It's very much a game of two halves, if you will, but you're kicking in, in, into the wind in the first and the third and you're kicking with it in the second and the fourth. So you really need to highlight what was an issue in the first quarter and try not to repeat it in the third. For the Sharks, forward power. Let's have a look at the goal kickers. Hope three, two to Harris, two to McWilliams, two to Banner. All multiples. And, and, and Mo Hope hasn't kicked a goal for... So I think she kicked a... I'm going to have to take a stab here, Pete. I didn't record it, but I, I reckon she kicked that third goal about the 17-minute mark of the first term. So well held by Ashmore, and also O'Brien did a terrific job. 
And for the Melbourne Uni Mungers, singles to Stevenson, Carney, McIntosh and Burns. But uh, it seems to be whenever Stevenson can get her hands on the ball at half forward, she can deliver beautifully in towards the forward line for Burns. The only problem is her opponents dragging her up the ground towards the half-back line. Yeah, well, they're, they're really one player short because Stevenson is then forced into the ruck um, in rotation with Spark. And Spark did very, very well inside that attacking zone in, uh, in combination with Burns. With Spark playing deeper and Burns playing at that centre-half forward and, and finding herself at half-back on occasion... They, they just need one other. Whether they can put O'Brien in the ruck probably hasn't got the leap. Just just someone that they can sort of pull an ace out of the pack and, and throw the big guns forward because if you could have all three of them in the attacking zone, it might make some, it might make some kill to think about it and, and throw a few things around. And, and I think that's where McWilliams at some stage, Pete, here's a little tip. I think McWilliams might go to centre-half back at some stage in the final quarter when St Kilda are kicking into the wind. Well, that's what Lord Burshaw talked about. He can put McWilliams anywhere, and I wouldn't be surprised that if Melbourne Uni start coming, he moves McWilliams backwards to say, let's see if we can put a hold on things. Because the one thing that they'll be doing, maybe the St Kilda Sharks, in their half-time uh, huddle, is they'll be trying to do a rain dance, I would suggest, because the more rain they see, they're thinking, brilliant, it becomes sloppy, wet weather football. It's going to be very difficult to get four goals. Well, in saying that, Pete, since the rain has has uh, has come down, Melbourne have kicked three goals. So, in you know, it's a bit of a. I think it might suit Melbourne on this track. Just a, a little bit of rain on top of the deck and, and hack it forward, and I think that sort of suits their style. It little handballs out the backs more than Kilders go, whereas Melbourne just like to get it and run. So, uh, we've seen that from Carney, but and that's that's been the issue is not being able to clear the stoppage. A bit of rain on the deck, you can get a bit more meterage and and uh, and work it forward. So. Yeah, the conditions are going to come into it, but uh, I don't think they'll be working against Melbourne the more rain that falls, put it that way, despite the fact that they are four goals behind. And before we go into stats that matter, talk about the rain that falls. We've got a fairly open commentary box here. As much as we've got a roof above us in the grandstand, the angle that the rain is coming in at has just hit our desk, and we've literally got everything we can covering as much equipment as we can. Uh, <laughs> due to, it's one of these stands which just seems to open, uh, welcome with uh, warm arms, the weather coming in. It's like I was at a craggy burn yesterday at Highgate Reserve, which they built the stand facing uh, from a southwesterly direction, so the southwesterly breeze just comes <laughs> roaring into it. No shelter whatsoever. Well, I think it's the same at Willie. Yeah. Very, very similar where you, you just cop it from absolutely everywhere, but I'm sure the listeners have been very, very pleased with the first half, and pleased with the fact that we've been rained on because it's always good to just get the commentators up and about I think Pete so we, we are up and about we're now standing at the back of the box I feel like a coach um, standing over my assistants in front of me uh, but let, uh, the, let, the stats that the matter, matter the inside 30s six apiece uh, marks inside 30 one each uh, the centre breaks were, were levelled up in that in that quarter it was two each and the rebound 50s uni again rebounding really well they had three rebounds uh, and the Sharks just the one well, I'll tell you one thing, the, the, the wet weather's played so much here at the moment, I'm having trouble moving the mouse on our laptop here, which is going to be even more fun. Might have to start drawing that off. Thank you very much if things just don't go astray. Um, so, for Melbourne Uni, what do they have to do to get back into the game of the third term? Oh, well, it's, it's as I said, Pete, it's, it's all about righting the wrongs of the first quarter. Where did they go wrong in the first term? Trying to, trying to fix the, the mistakes they made in the first term, which, which allowed... Uh, which allowed St Kilda to kick away. Um, obviously, the the biggest issue there was was uh, was Mo Hope inside the uh, inside the attacking zone. Looks like they've addressed that. They've gone with Caitlin Ashmore, who's a terrific matchup and and plays in front and has uh, has has been terrific 
since moving on to, to Mo Hope. Also, as I said and mentioned, Catherine O'Brien did a, a little uh, a little stint on Mo Hope and, and Hope didn't get too close to the footy. So that's uh, that's all you can ask for. The middle of the ground, I think, is uh, is something where Uni need to get themselves back into the game even more. Obviously, Carney's dominated, but Heffernan for St Kilda has been absolutely fantastic. Chapman's also got her hands on the footy. McFerrin went to half forward in uh, in that quarter, so she'll uh, she's probably just having a rest for the second quarter. She'll be uh, she'll be back in the middle very very soon. But Bruton as well. Bruton was absolutely fantastic for the Sharks. Uh, in that opening half, she needs to be curtailed. And, and Phoebe McWilliams, to be honest with you, Pete, I reckon she might hold the best on ground honours at the moment, Phoebe McWilliams, that, that, despite that, Mo Hope's start. And Bruton as well. Bruton has been impressive. Bruton's Absolutely. had a lot of the football, particularly in that first term. We might take this opportunity to take a break. You are listening to VWFLradio.com. It's halftime in the Premier Division game, and it's the St Kilda Sharks, 9-1-55, leading Melbourne Uni, 4-7-31. Social events. Corporate events, birthdays, parties, weddings, music for the masses, DJs, live musicians. You set the date, we'll set the mood. Music for the masses, 1-800-4-MUSIC. 1-800-4-MUSIC. Music for the masses. Oh, this is one of my favourite pieces of music. It makes me proud of all the great things we've achieved in Australia. There's one thing, though, I desperately want to achieve. Zero child drownings in Australia. I need your help. Fence the pool, shut the gate. Teach your kids to swim, it's great. Supervise, watch your mate, and learn how to resuscitate. Laurie Lawrence, Kids Alive, do the five. The symptoms of ovarian cancer sound like part of every woman's life. Abdominal bloating, abdominal or back pain. Appetite loss, changes in toilet habits, unexplained weight gain or loss, indigestion or heartburn, and fatigue. But if these symptoms are unusual for you and they persist, please see your doctor. For more information, visit the Ovarian Cancer Program website at nbocc.org.au. Hi, this is Cameron Ling from the Geelong Football Club for RAD, recording artists, actors and athletes against drink driving. Every time a professional footballer takes the field, their career's at stake. That's why they don't drink before a game. Every time we get behind the wheel of a car, our lives are at stake. Yet people drink before driving. Crazy, isn't it? So if you're going to drive to the footy this weekend, don't drink. And if you want to drink, don't drive. It's crazy. Catch a cab or arrange a designated driver who won't drink. They say there's a chance I could die from breast cancer. Or from a melanoma. I could die from heart disease or even from a brain hemorrhage. Maybe in a car accident. But the fact is, the biggest cause of death for women in my age group is suicide. Please do not let this happen to me. You can do something. Lifeline believes that suicide is mostly preventable. Help us save lives. Find out what you can do at lifeline.org.au. Hi, I'm Lane Beachley. Australians have recycled enough printer cartridges to cover Bondi Beach 12 times. That's kept 11,000 tonnes of valuable resources out of landfill. Drop your used original cartridges into the special boxes at participating retail outlets and they'll be turned into new products from pens to road surfaces. Help us keep up the good work. Find out more at cartridges.planetart.org. Live across the web, this is the VWFL Radio.com. 
match of the day. And let me tell you, folks, a very wet match of the day out here at Tin Alley at uh, Main Oval, Melbourne University. We're at half time. It's a surprise. It's the Sharks leading by four goals. They are 9-1-55, leading Melbourne Uni 4-7-31. If you've just joined us, goal kickers for St Kilda Sharks, three for Moho Paul in the first term, two to Harris, two to McWilliams and two to Banner. And for the Melbourne Uni Muggers, it's singles to Stevenson, Carney, McIntosh and Burns. Both sides still in their rooms, understandably. Light rain is falling here at uh, Tinelli. In fact, it might be just starting to lighten up at this moment. And I can tell you, it was coming into the stand area and literally the whole front rows of the grandstand vacated in a matter of seconds, excluding the commentary team, of course, which is about all our equipment was getting wet. I think Dan Hill's gone to grab a pie or something like that to keep warm in these conditions because it just got chilly all of a sudden with that breeze coming down. The ground's actually been holding up pretty well. The only areas we were talking about, Mud, is in the interchange gates and the glue pot where the cricket pitch is right in the centre of the ground. Just a reminder, of course, of games coming up on VWFLradio.com in the coming weeks, including next weekend, we've got two matches. We've been invited by Montmorency to come out and call a Saturday game for them. So we'll be on air at 2.30pm next Saturday afternoon for a 3pm bounce in the Division 3-4 game down the lower end of the table. The Montmorency Magpies versus the Hallam Hawks will be doing that game. And then back to Premier Division next Sunday from 1.30pm for a 2.15 bounce out of Plenty where Diamond Creek, the second place side, take on the top side the Darabin Falcons. That should be a ripping contest live on air 1.30pm next Saturday afternoon, next Sunday afternoon, pardon me, on VWFLradio.com. And don't forget, if you do actually have an Android phone or tablet, you can download us from the Google Play Store. Just search VWFL. You'll be able to download the app. You can listen to the call there. You can check on our Twitter feed, and you can send us an email as well, all at the uh, Google Play Store. Just search for VWFL. Coming out onto the ground now are the umpires, so that means we should be a few minutes away from a start for this third term. And at the moment, some of the key players, as we've mentioned, for the St Kilda Sharks, it's certainly been McWilliams has been causing a lot of headaches. Hope at the moment has been shut down by Ashmore in that second term. Basley's been doing fantastic in the ruck. McFerrin's been keeping on, keeping on, and it's Bruton that is just getting leather poisoning at the moment, picking up the football at will. And Dan Hills just said, I'll leave you to it as he scoffs down a hot dog. Thank you very much for being so considerate of your co-commentator. Uh, for the Melbourne Uni Muggers as well, as we're talking about Spark being moved up forward, that's starting to spark something, dare I say, pardon the pun, but she's only kicked two behind so far. Maybe if they can convert it, it would have been a different ball game. For a moment, they even saw the, cap uh, the president in Burns being moved into the middle, but it has been the captain in Emma Carney that has single-handedly kept Melbourne Uni within this game. They are four goals down. Without her, they could be in a lot worse position. So, the game far from over, but St Kilda in a dominant position as the rain is just about stopped here, which is good, and the blue skies are starting to appear here at uh, Tin Alley on VWFLradio.com. If you have the opportunity, go to the VWFL radio, uh, VWFL website, should I say, VWFL.com.au. They've put up a video from halftime of the ABC VFL coverage from yesterday, an interview with a five-time Darabin Falcon Premiership coach in Peter Searle, who talks about her journey from being a player, Premiership player at the Darabin Falcons, to coaching a side, and then eventually getting a gig at Port Melbourne to her now position as an assistant developer 
for coach, uh, a full-time coach at the St Kilda Football Club, of course, with the administration based down in Seaford. It's an interesting story, and I loved her comment as well. She was worried about coaching girls that she'd played with because she admitted herself that she'd been a bit of a rat bag as a player, as she said. I thought that was fantastic. And you can catch that whole interview that was done by the ABC online at vwfl.com. So Kilda Sharkside now back on the ground. The Melbourne Uni Muggers have uh, come onto the ground. Last player coming out of there is Gemma Anderson, which means we shouldn't be too far away from the start time. The Muggers doing their exercises as we speak. The St Kilda girls having a few key words, and no doubt Lloyd Belshaw will be reminding them of the game that they played earlier in the year where they had a poor third term, which saw Melbourne Uni run out and win the game. So I think he'll be putting the message clearly to them that the third quarters have been dangerous for Melbourne Uni and that they've got to try and shut that down for the Melbourne Uni side. They know their third quarters are good. They've just got to make it show on the scoreboard. They've had 11 scoring shots and killed at 10 scoring shots, so in that way, fairly even. But they unfortunately have not converted accurately, being 4 7 31. Uh, St Kilda being 9-1-55. St Kilda have broken their huddle. Melbourne Uni about to break their huddle. Dan Hill has almost devoured an entire hot dog in the space of 60 seconds. If that's not if that's not impressive, I don't know what is. And he's just said, you've got to wait for me. And let me tell you, folks, if you want to do special comments here or call any of the games on VWFLradio.com, we're always looking for commentators to join us on a volunteer basis. Uh, just tweet us at VWFL Radio during the week. And we're more than happy to have you along as we always say the more the merrier in the commentary box and it always gives us a different point of view particularly um when we were um when we, of course, as a commentary team, were at Eddie Had Stadium uh, last week when we had Ash By with us and, of course, Anna Harrington from the uh, Wyndham Vale Falcons who are doing fantastically well in the uh, third division. As we speak at this very moment, the uh, players have uh, broken their huddles. We're just about ready to get underway to start the third term. And after he's devoured a hot dog, the man that will get us underway and give me a breather is Dan Hill. I haven't quite finished it yet, Pete. <laughs> Thank you. That's why I caught you off guard when you had a mouthful of hot dog. I thought that might make you sound interesting. I would have I would have just flown straight back in too, which is very unfair of me. Ball back up in the middle of the ground. There is Spark who tried to get a tap down. Now tries to kick it off right into the middle of the glue pot. That ball ain't going nowhere quick. Coming through and trying to get a clearing kick is Whitehead. Whitehead only got it as far though as Anderson. Anderson got caught. Got a hand pass away in the nick of time. Long booming kick across the face. The taking the mark there in the middle of the ground is Gartner. And Gartner with space just looking around. Looking for some options. Gets on the left. Goes towards the half forward flank position. Hesitated at the last moment there is Smith. Blackburn had it then dropped it. Got the hand pass out to O'Brien. O'Brien going backwards. Now here's the kick. Long towards the halfback flank broadcast side. Getting away from Bruton who gets a bump at the last minute. And a little bit of a how do you do as well from Kaluzzi. And we'll see the ball thrown back in just near our broadcast position. Oh, you got to love Lou Kaluzzi. Just then stood over the top of Bruton. As just just say. reminder, I'm here. <laughs> and just slightly bigger than you might be. Little midfielder. I play in the back line. We're a bit tougher back there, she said. Ball up towards the wing now. Thrown out by Carney. Umpire said play on. The throw is in vogue today, Mr Holden. Blackburn towards half forward. But only as far as Burden, who comes out and takes the mark in front of Burns. So Burden, poor kick in the end. Only as far as Pound. Blackburn off her shins. Very slippery footy. Going in after it. McFerrin dived on it in a way. But uh, was probably on her knees as opposed to really diving on top of it and the umpire gave her the benefit of the doubt and will come in toss it up spark took it out of the ruck and dropped it umpire was all over it and it'll be a free kick to Baisley 
for the Sharks at left half back. They are kicking towards the Fitzroy end in this third term and it'll be the Muggers going towards the Royal Parade, Parkville or Royal Melbourne Hospital end. Thank you very much for that. Has taken Just it to now. paint a picture for you, Pete. Well, exactly. Heffernan now has the ball, gets on the right boot, goes towards centre wing, almost near the centre square. Just ball bobbling around. Uh, at it momentarily was Kerrick, got rid of it. Ball bobbling around there for Eva, who couldn't quite hang onto it, trying to make her presence felt. Baisley, long way down. Baisley tries to pick it up. Umpire said you threw it on the way up. And it will be a resulting free kick going the way of the Melbourne Uni captain and Emma Carney. And Carney got on the right. Goes towards oh, centre-half forward. C-bomb! And Cecilia McIntosh got away. Gave up the hand pass to Alicia Eva. Eva got on the left. Here comes Bird. Just fell short of her. It just got away at the crucial moment. Waiting to try and clear things up there is Kula Reed, who will rush it through for a minor score. 4-8-32 Melbourne Uni. Trailing St Kilda at 9-1-55. We're only a couple of minutes into the third term. As the Gollipo at the other end's fallen asleep, and they're waiting for the flag to wave. And the umpires actually have to stop this because... Oh, now they've waved it. There you go. Wake up, Jeff. Yes. <laughs> the restart for the Saints. No, I think the umpire was on his phone. <laughs> I think he was. The Sharks, they go wide. Cooler read. Turnover, though. The Muggers, they have it on the outer side. Bye. Kick towards... Oh, it might have been Eva it was. Kick towards centre-half forward. But only as far as Hately who takes the mark for the Sharks. And goes to Mick Williams on the half-back flank. Grandstand side got past three Muggers players going up the line. Front posse there by White. Ball Ooh, hit the ground. Heads. Going with there is Harris. Ball popped out and tried to get it going wide across to Carney. Carney got a little nudge as he kicked it. Looking to go to Spark. Cutting her off was Haitley. Slapped it towards the boundary line. Keeping it her in. Ibrahim. Bonus Mouse. Tried to go towards her player in Pound who hit the ground and uh, is down. Pound is down as Blackburn gets her on the right. Kicks, looking to the one-on-one. -on -one. Burn had it, dropped out the back. Foot race side, did a triple through, only for a point. And Pound is down. I saw her twist awkwardly as she went in that contest. Let's hope it's not a serious injury, but she has not moved and barely gotten up, and she is just on hands and knees. Left knee, I think. Oh, she, she she's looks getting okay. up. She's getting up. Let's just hope it was just... Uh, she just rolled an ankle or something like that, and it's nothing too serious. But she's coming off the ground. In fact, the ball's heading her direction as the uh, trainer tries to get her out of the way. That pipe blows the whistle and says... Uh, Pay the mark. mark. anyway. So there you go. It worked out okay in the end to Kerrick. So Maddie Kerrick, she's 65 from home. Pound leaves the field of play. Kerrick on the left to the hot spot. Mark in front. Should have been paid to McIntosh and was. Good decision, umpire. Little Celia McIntosh. She's got the mohawk this yeah. week, Pete. Good to hear as well that uh, she's shaking it off now, Pound. She's up and about okay. So McIntosh gets a mark inside 30 into the stats that matter. Into the column. She'll go back. Kick from 35. Celia McIntosh. Bit of ink. The mohawk. The lot. She's a lively character and a great footballer as well. Burns. Front of the oh. pack. Didn't carry. And she almost had the mark. Wanted a free kick from the umpire. Umpire said nothing doing. Throw in right forward pocket at the Royal Parade end of Tin Alley. And the ball is back into play. Spark tried to get front posse. Uh, McFerrin came through. Ooh. There's a snap on goal around the corner. We'll sneak through for a minor score. 4-10-34, Melbourne Uni. St Kilda, 9-1-55. Here in our Premier Match of the Day as going towards Van Der Waal. Takes it in the back pocket. 
going up the line. Mark taken once again. Looks like it's in the hands of Dardengo. Dardengo oh. coming up towards the halfback flank. Made a contest there for Liston who lost out. Here's McIntosh again. She's getting plenty of the ball in this third term. Looking for Burns. Went straight through her hands. Has to try and go back oh. again. Is there holding there against uh, that Melbourne player? No, there isn't. Picked oh. up a quick snap on goal by Wicklesma. There's a way to the right-hand side, but Uni are coming. You can feel it. Four uh, goals, 11-35. Trailing St Kilda, 5-1-55. So the Sharks quickly whip it around the outer side. They're now at the wing. Chapman had it, lost it. Pursued by Kerrick. Then dumped. Umpire waves play on. Kerrick goes back in to get it and got one high. In fact, it'll go the way of... Might be by over there. The outer side. In fact, it's Eva. She goes in board. Spark. Took the mark. McWilliams for company. Couldn't get the fist on it. Spark, very slow to turn and go. Now she decides to switch the play over towards By, who's out number two on one. Umpire <laughs> did not play the free kick to By, whose opponent wasn't looking at the footy. By decided to remonstrate, and in the meantime, Bruton said, well, I'll have the footy, and off I go. She kicks it out in front of herself. Ashmore left her opponent to come and help out. Did a very good job, but she just dropped the slippery footy at the crucial stage. Mohope comes in to lay the tackle on Brooke White. And we'll have a bounce at the left half forward for the Sharks. They lead the way by 20 points. And Spark gets the punch to try and keep it forward. Blackburn chasing after it with Bruton. The ball goes over the boundary line and out of bounds. And uh, the umpire will just come to pick it in for it right in front of our VWFLradio.com commentary box. 20-point lead to the St Kilda Sharks in this Premier Division match. The fourth side leading the third team. Ball back into play. Spark from behind got the tap. Bruton is tagged straight away by Anderson. Slapped out of her hands. Anderson going in with it as well. Trying to get through there. Is Heffern and tripped on the way through, says the umpire. And gets the resulting free kick. Blackburn on the mark. We're about 75 metres out from home between centre wing and half forward flank for the Sharks. Gets on the right, pops it up towards the contest. Flying through McWilliams, couldn't hang on to it. Kerrick is besieged upon. Uh, O'Brien is there with no, her as well. And pinned for holding the ball. Jeez, that's pretty harsh. I thought there was no prior opportunity. And McWilliams got on the right boot. Looking for hope on the one-on-one. -on -one. Ball went out the back door. Was worn well by Ashmore. And cleaning up the mess there is Ruby Grounds. Who goes out now to a foot race on the outer side. If uh, the player can run onto it. And uh, I think there was... Uh, Ashmore there. Got it to Carney. Carney got on the right. Carney out uh, going oh. to the contest. Her teammate just slipped at the crucial moment. And Ibrahim, who got back up, has to go in there again. Caught by Kula Reed. Ball popped out. In goes the C-bomb and McIntosh. Crash the pack. Ball hit the ground. Who's going to be first to get clear possession? Came out Reed, Put it on the right boot. Put it out towards the wing position. Oh. Trying to run onto a Dardengo. Gets on the right. Dribbles it forward. Got away from Spark. Ball now on half forward. Now half back flank. It's in the hands of Spark for Melbourne Uni. She's under pressure. She goes for the short kick. Turnover. Sharks now going back towards centre half forward. Through the hands of O'Brien versus McWilliams. Ball on the ground. O'Brien was there to offer support for her teammate. He got bowled over. She kicked it. Picked up there. By McFerrin, who goes to Hope. Hope in the contest with Ashmore. Hope is caught by Ashmore. Gone, says the umpire. She said it was well done by Ashmore. She was out of position, forced the spoil, and then got the holding the ball decision for her side. She'll have it in the back pocket. And decides to go short. And I think that's Bides taking it out there in the half-back flank on the outer side. 
Just need to construct here, Uni, which is what they're going to do. And uh, this this matchup between Ashmore and, and Hope has been fantastic. Ashmore has really shut down Hope after she got away to three early goals. Goes towards Trusenar back. Whoop, the kick over the head of Ashmore here. Have I spoken too soon? There is Liz Fenwitzen oh, back. She does well. Spring. Beats out a couple of players. Got it across to White. White now goes with a kick towards the uh, center oh, forward position. Stevenson had high. it. Dropped it. Going in there is Seaton. Seaton got knocked over. Ball fighting on the ground. Haitley in there as well. Scrapping forward is Stevenson. Umpire calls for the bounce in there is sitting as well and geez that's fierce you've got a feeling that Melbourne Uni are probably going to get a goal out of this play yeah they're on the cusp here they are right on the edge Stevenson flew up in the ruck but Heffernan the takeaway for the Sharks they've got the numbers here Ibrahim had it and lost it now Heffernan shrugged a tackle wheeled around the wrong way Again, tackled by Ibrahim, stolen by Blackburn, runs to 50, on the right, going for home, bouncing footy, and it's there. <laughs> what a goal! What a goal! She was definitely going for home. Burns was there to sort of half-shepherd it through, and that cuts it to 14 points for Orson Kilda's dominance. They don't have much to show for it, Pete. It's 5-11-41. Uh, is it 41? 5 5-11-41. 5-11-41. To 9-1-55. We're sort of on the angle for the scoreboard. I'm sure the players can see it. <laughs> That's not, the most not, so, not so good for the uh, the commentators and the spectators. That's the most important thing. As long as it's right, like we found out for the Pasco Vale Sunbury game. Absolutely. Have we got ago. a countback system? Have we made sure it's... Because this one... I'll tell you what, Pete. Yeah. We'll be going down to the wire as the sun peaks back through across... Alley. And Stevenson's been moved back into ruck for Melbourne Uni. Ball on the ground going through there as McFerrin who charged her way through. Put on the right boot looking for Hope and Ashmore who turned Ashmore inside out and Hope is going to get one back. Ooh, she was stiff then Ashmore. She was side on. She did all the right things. It was it, it was all about the bounce of the ball and it, it, it went the way of, of Mo Hope and she gets her fourth. Uh, had the chance to pass over the top to, to Catterall but probably was going for the pass I think in the end Hope but it just carried over the top for the goal. Well, geez, and it all came down to as well. It came down to the veteran and McFerrin who just bust through the pack and did the smartest thing. No messing around, no going sideways. The best way home is the straightest way home. Absolutely, and and that was the reply against the flow really yeah. for the Sharks who have who have been struggling in the last sort of three or four minutes. It's a bit of uh, sparring on the edge of the square between Lou Kaluzzi who doesn't mind a bit of contact for Uni. Ball tossed back up, centre of the ground. Kaluzzi charged off the edge of the square, got knocked over. Umpire wave play on. McFerrin went back in to get it. Laying the tackle in there was Nicola Liston for the Sharks. She'll get back to her feet. And Luke Kaluzzi will hand the ball back to the umpire. He'll have it in the centre of the ground. Stevenson in the ruck. Flew up, knocked it out. Carney claimed immediately. And the umpire will call for another bounce just on the edge of the square commentary side it is the Sharks leading by 20 points Stevenson versus Baisley Baisley won over the ball went backwards here's the C-bomb and McIntosh I felt was held but doesn't matter got her kick away still going going, going across to Spark and the C-bomb is chasing it up here she goes McFerrin going with it picked up by McIntosh lost got knocked over maybe in the back by McFerrin no said the umpire went over the boundary line and out of bounds Fauci was unlucky because it was accidental, but McFerrin got her in the back on the way through. And was probably holding on. It was. A, I reckon it's always, uh, if it's a 50 holding on or 50 in the back, just give the free kick and pay something, umpire. But he decided to let it go, and he's been very consistent today. So, good luck to him. He's been umpiring well. Basley got the tap down. Ball on the ground. Carney is there as well. Liston is fighting hard for the Sharks. And the umpire calls for the whistle. Stevenson on the bottom of that pack for the Muggers. It is 10-1-61. 
to 5-11-41, 20 point lead to the Sharks, Blackburn trying to force her way through, bowled over his grounds, ended up on the backside. Uh, the ball went over the boundary line and out of bounds once again. Seen over this time by Chapman. Umpire blows the whistle for in the back afterwards. And Blackburn not happy about that. And it's going the way of the Sharks. Yeah, I think the umpire just saw it getting a little physical and decided to pay the free. Heffernan dropped what she should have taken. Kicks the fence on the way through. Yeah, not too happy with herself. Ball will be tossed back in right in front of the St Kilda bench. Which is just forward of the wing favouring the Muggers. Ball tossed back in. McFerrin on the bottom of her three millionth pack. And the umpire will call for it and will have another bounce. So we're about 75 out from the Muggers' goal. They're kicking towards the Royal Parade end. Ball on the commentary side. Comes out towards Anderson. Gemma Anderson claimed in a tackle by McFerrin. And will have another ball up. Umpire just clears the weight, throws the ball up in the air. Stevenson versus Baisley. Stevenson put it straight down the throat of Carney. It was caught straight away by Heffernan. And the umpire blows the whistle and says, holding the ball. Well, oh, I, I thought that was harsh. There, there was no pro opportunity in that whatsoever. Can Absolutely I, none. Can I yell something out? No, I won't. You can't yell it out, but that's harsh. <laughs> that is, that is harsh. There's a hand pass off by Linton. Got it going to Norky, who just decided to go long towards the contest. McWilliams got up, couldn't get it. There is Stevenson. Stevenson got round one. Stevenson got round oh. two. Bounced off McFerrin. Coughed up the ball. O'Brien went charging through. Now the ball popped out for Banner. She can run onto it. Banner in the foot race. Kicked it off the carpet when she had White going with her. O picked it up. Got it across to Banner. He kicked it across with under pressure from Ashmore. 45 metres out from goal. Ball, was that a throw? Oh, the old the umpire. Here's the drop kick. Trying to get it to White. Ball got away from her, went over the boundary line and out of bounds. 55 metres out from the Sharks' goal. Score from Eddie had Pete. The Blues doing it in a cakewalk just to steal a line from another club. 19-6-120 to the Saints, 10-6-66. So you might as well turn that off and have a listen to VWFL Radio because this is an absolute ball burster, Pete. It's just on the edge. Uni need the next one. 20-point lead to the Sharks currently. Ball up in the air. Baisley goes to the double-fisted uh, slap. There is White on the ground. Gets head. rolled over, and the umpire blows the whistle and says we'll call for a ball up. I'll answer my own question. It was uh, under the armpit and being headlocked by an opponent. Ball oh. up in the air again. Stevenson versus Bailey. There's a case of uh, White who got it out with a hand pass. Now to Spark. Oh, it was like a piece of soap. Unlucky for Spark because you knew if she had it, she was going to boot it long, but she just couldn't quite hang on to the pill. Slippery football out there. Yeah, I was going to say, they want to change the ball at three-quarter time. The home side, get a fresh footy out there, create a bit of pace because it's starting to get heavy. Stevenson in front, even the boundary umpire struggling to heave it back in. Ball comes to within probably eight metres of the boundary line. Umpire says, I'll have it. And I'll have another bounce. Clear the way, he says, as he tosses it back up. Basically the tap. Won it down. Gardner, little handball forward. Now Heffernan to McFerrin on the left. Just barreled it forward 15 or 20 metres. A chance to clear for White. She's dumped. Heffernan hacked it inside her, attacking 50 into the forward pocket. Hope a diving attempt at the mark. Couldn't take it. And it'll be a throw in 25 around from the Sharks attacking goal. They lead it by 20 points midway through the third term. The game absolutely in the balance. Back into play. McWeens went up as the third player. Ball on the ground. Listing in there. All wrapped up. Umpire will call for a bounce once more. McFerrin looks hurt. She's in the, the hands of the trainers just after that, that last kick she had at half forward. She looks like she might have hurt her shoulder. Here's the hurry kick there by Liston out of the pack. Whoop. Out of bounds on the full. 
Might have been touched off the boot, I think. And uh, we'll see which way that goes. It was a hurry kick out there by the Melbourne Uni player, and that ends up being a free kick to... Uh, no, it was touched, so it's a throw-in. Bruton was going to try and claim it. So the ball back into play. Evidence still in the hands of the trainers. Spark front, Posse got it down to Blackburn, who got a hurry kick, looking for Pounds to run onto it. And Gabriella Pound takes it. Pound on the right, looking to go on the right. Goes, goes the barrel. Yep, goes the good old-fashioned barrel. There's the only no St Kilda players back there, though, and taking it is Dardengo, who called for it. Dardengo on defensive side of centre, had to go. McIntosh came at her, but got her kick away. Spark in this contest, went over the back. There's White. Oops. White kicked into a teammate and Pound. Going in there is Norkey, and Norkey can't quite squeeze it out. And the umpire says it's all locked up, and we'll call for a ball up. 55 metres out from the Sharks goal, attacking the eastern end. The ball tossed back up. Interesting tap work from Baisley. She couldn't win it. The turnover now, Dardingo marks on the true centre wing position. Edge of the square, kicks towards the true centre forward position. Spark, up, couldn't take the mark. Ashmore at the back, got the hands free. In the direction of Carney, McFerrin came through straight to Hope. Hope, around one, two, to 20, around another. How far has she gone? Umpire waves play on, little handball off. Ends up in the goal square, and it's a goal to Catterall. It did end up in the arms of Banner, who had a shot, and it... Luckily landed in the arms of Carroll. Goal to the Sharks. Don't draw a picture, just mark it down on the scorecard. <laughs> and it is the Sharks moving to 11-1-67. And Melbourne Uni are 5-11-41. So a 26-point lead to the Sharks. They just kept the ball there in, Pete, for a sustained period, and it was enough to crack through for a goal. And think about your better player as well. I'll put the hand into the pocket again and put out the 50 bucks on the table, and this time we've got the $50 gift voucher to TGI Fridays at Melbourne Central for the best player today. Trying to cut her way through there is Bruton. Got the hand pass going backwards to Garner. Garner long bomb and high towards centre-half forward. O'Brien went up. Norkey charged her way through. Kick forward. Saw her leading forward coming at it in Catterall, but it fell short, and it was taken in the the end by Kaluzzi who goes towards the opposite back pocket looking to find uh, the teammate there in Eva but the ball got away from her and it dribbled over the boundary line and out of bounds 50 metres out from the Sharks goal attacking the Brunswick Street overland. Just hasn't been their day uni in, in, uh, when it comes to the switch they've probably attempted three or four switches and they just haven't come off. Ball tossed back in spark at the back Knocked it over the top. Norky charged through for the Sharks. Her kick was partially smothered. Dribbles towards 30 out. Hope on the left. Snapped towards the goal. Unbelievable. How she did that out of absolutely nothing. Working in the phone box. Just gathered it from nowhere. Kicks her fifth on the left peg. Dropping it with the right hand as well. It's, uh, it's just something to behold. Terrific goal, Mo Hope. Another one for the collection. She has five. And the Sharks edge further clear. 12-1-73 over Uni, who are 5-11-41. And it's not really against the flow now, Pete, because the Sharks have wrestled back control, but uh, taking advantage of their opportunities. Something we will talk about at three-quarter time, if you imagine that if Hope was in the context of male football playing suburban football, a key forward like that, how much money would they be drawing in? The Suburban Club, as the ball is up and uh, locked up. The male equivalent would be earning at least 1500 a game, even more, playing at Suburban level, if you're able to kick goals like that week in, week out. Just can't be stopped. Just As soon as she gets the ball in a yard of space inside the 50, it's almost glasses down. 
Well, free kick for two high against McIntosh, going the way of McFerrin. So Shannon McFerrin has the ball in the middle of the ground near the three-quarter time. 25 from Athenoff. Uh, 25 as well against the C-bomb, who hopefully didn't drop the C-bomb. Uh, Andrew Strauss did. 32 points the difference. That's for another day. As McFerrin runs to 55. Flat mongrel punt towards the forward line. Through the hands there of Banner, who couldn't control it. Pushed over was Kelly, but got a kick away. <laughs> Crunch, <laughs> Beasley. Got absolutely crunched as uh, here goes uh, Spark who kicks it long. Pounders there trying to create some pressure. Can't quite pull it out. Fighting in hard as Townsend as well. Umpire comes in, calls for a ball up. And that's what we'll have right on the bottom of that pack with Smouse, Hannah Ibrahim. Umpire throws it up. Baisley versus Spark. Baisley won it. Trying to charge your way through there is Anderson. Got the hurry kick. Hugging close towards the boundary line. Carney taken high. Sitting on the backside. No set the umpire. Burns tries to find her way through. <laughs> Gets stopped over the boundary line and does not like the attention. And into there comes. Oh, and gave one in the face there of the St Kilda player who gave her a bit of lipstick on the way out. Might be a card here. Do they have the cards? And uh, giving a free kick away to uh, Haitley. But what had happened was Haitley came in, gave a bit of lip to Byrne. Byrne smacked her. And the umpire said, sorry, you did that right in front of me. Yeah, a bit of ill-discipline from Burns, But maybe it might lift him. You never know. They need something here, Uni. Ball to the back of the pack. Kelly under the pump. Into the chest of O'Brien. Goes back to Kelly while she's still laying on the ground. Cop one in the back. Umpire said, yep. I'm happy to give you the free kick in there. Alex Kelly. The orange boots on her back flank she slipped as she kicked unfortunate one of the moulded soles on in the wet conditions little throw another throw for St Kilda leading that stat for the day up towards half forward McWilliams coming out Ashmore leaving her opponent in hope she's out number two to one won the footy then handballed it forward looking for Kaluzi she's tackled by Heffernan O'Brien went in and gathered it. Gave it to Eva. Eva kicks up towards the wing. McFerrin. Bounce evaded her. Carney. Little handball to Spark. Just behind her. Bruton. The 236 is going at it. And Spark bundles Bruton over the line in front of our commentary position between wing and half forward for the Sharks. Dying stages of the third term. You have to think, Pete. Union just need a sneak a goal here. Even if it's just for their own mental state going into the break. And McIntosh ducks her head, charges her way through the pack, got on the right boot, went up, but oh, guess what? Mark. Gunning across there was Vanderwall, who took a diving mark on the, on the defensive side of centre, kicks towards Heffernan, got collected on the way through. Umpire said, that's OK, went in and tried to extract the ball. Umpire says, you're going nowhere, you're caught by Blackburn and will once again call for a ball up in the middle of the ground. He's trying to cool tensions out there. 12-173 St Kilda Sharks, 5-11-41 Melbourne Uni here at Tin Alley. Cutting through there is Carney, got caught, couldn't get her kick away. We're just on the forward of centre, trying to cut her way through there and get it out was Vanderwall, couldn't do so. Then the hurry kick by the Sharks, looking for touch, looking for the boundary line. That's what we'll find. We'll throw it in right in front of our VWFLradio.com broadcast position. It's fierce out there, but it's the Sharks holding sway by 32 points. Jeez, they've, gonna, they've done a good job on Carney in this turn. She, she's been claimed in at least five or six crucial tackles when she's had a chance to break away. Blackburn's in there, stolen off her. Little kick forward came from Haightley. Bounces up towards half forward, but O'Brien playing in the front spot. Might have caught one in the back. Umpire wave play on. Eva went in there. Taken without it. Umpire says nothing doing. Ball goes back into the base of the pack. And Anderson's laying down there, and the umpire says, I'll have it, thank you very much. The sports goggles on, also being worn by O'Brien. I haven't seen that since the 70s, so I think it was Jeff Blythen for Essendon. Kicked yes. 100 goals wearing the goggles. He did, he did. There was also 
Someone else who wore the goggles. They were the first ones to come in, and I think uh, Horace Grant then actually picked them up. He was an Essendon player yeah. from memory. Actually, Horace Grant then wore them later on. Exactly the same thing. The goggles are back. Siren sounds for three-quarter of time as we digress momentarily. And the Sharks, they lead at 12-1-73. The Muggers, 5-11-41. Stuck on 5-11-41 for a while in that term. Kicking into a breeze. It's probably dropped to a, a two or three goal up. So they're yeah. going to have to come back with a huge, huge vengeance in this last term as the maybe the fatigue sets in. It's a 32-point deficit, but it's not outside the realms of possibility, Peter Holden. I, I think as well, Melbourne, you'd be disappointed because they had the first three or four scoring shots on goal in the first two or three minutes. They were coming hard and coming fast. You just wonder if two or three of them went in and they had the momentum when they were goal down and then St Kilda had to feel the pressure if it would be any different. But they again, it's taking the most of your chances. 5-11, straight kicking, wins your games. St Kilda approving that with 12-1 on the scoreboard. And for every time St Kilda, they, I think their inside 50s might even be less compared to Melbourne Uni, particularly for that term. But because they're putting it between the big sticks, it's putting the hurt on. Yeah, absolutely. And it's all about taking advantage of your opportunities. But... Oh, I think in that term, the Muggers were starved of those opportunities, which they've they've been getting. And I think I mentioned in the halftime break, Pete, that it was all about righting the, the wrongs of the first term, and they really couldn't do that. They, uh, they they struggled to get the ball forward. The ball was locked in their end, probably for 70 to 80% of that quarter. And, and, and when the ball's getting pumped inside your defensive 50, it's very, very difficult to keep repelling. And, and look, they... They did well in the end because it, it could have been it could have been a lot worse. St Kilda could have got one or two more goals with the amount of ball they had at their end. It wasn't it wasn't as clean as the first quarter, but uh, nonetheless, ball inside your, your attacking zone. And uh, what did the stats that matter look like? Well, the stats that matter for that quarter was the inside thirties for St Kilda kicking with the win. They had the eleven, uh, Melbourne Uni just the three. The, the Marks inside 30, just the one to Hope, and none for Uni. So Hope, of course, playing for the Sharks. Mm -hmm. uh, the centre breaks, two apiece. Uh, the rebound 50s, no rebound 50s in that term. So that tells you a story. A very stop-start game. No clean rebound 50s from either side. Of course, a rebound 50 being you take it from your defensive 50 untouched into your attacking 50. So we, we didn't see any of those in, uh, in the third quarter. So just painting that picture of a stop-start game where perhaps the conditions and the heavy ball started to play a little bit of a part. We'll take this opportunity to take a break here on VWFLradio.com. Don't forget, of course, we're back on Saturday next week at 2.30 for Montmorency versus Hallam and on Sunday at 1.30 for Diamond Creek versus Durban. It's three-quarter time. Melbourne Uni, 5-11-41. Charles St Kilda Sharks, 12-1-73. Introducing an advanced multivitamin mineral Natural Protein. It's 10 essential nutrients everybody needs in one convenient source. Milk. Legendary. Social events, corporate events, birthdays, parties, weddings, music for the masses, DJs, live musicians. You set the date, we'll set the mood. Music for the masses. 1-800-4-MUSIC. 1-800-4-MUSIC. Music for the masses. This is Danny Green. On a night out, just like this, take it from me. One punch can be deadly. Thrown in anger, without warning, without gloves, it can kill. One punch can end their life and ruin yours. 
It takes grunt to throw it. It takes guts to walk away. One punch can be deadly. Authorised and spoken by Danny Green Perth. Everything a business throws out represents wasted money and resources. Reducing waste and recycling unwanted items in the workplace is great for the environment and can be good for the bottom line too. Planet Arc's businessrecycling.com.au lists recyclers from across Australia and it's quick, free and easy to use. You'll also find a guide for choosing the right recycler and free signage. Search for Business Recycling or call 1300 763 768. When you hear the name Guide Dogs, you normally think of this. But did you know Guide Dogs also provides a range of other services to help people with vision loss to stay safe and independent? Best of all, they come to you, and their services are completely free. So if you know someone who's finding it hard to get around because of vision loss, give Guide Dogs a call on 1-800-804-805. That's 1-800-804-805. Live across the web, this is the VWFLRadio.com. Match of the day. And welcome back to Tin Alley here at Melbourne University. We're about to get underway for the final term. It's Melbourne Uni 5-11-41, trailing St Kilda 12-173. The Muggers are kicking towards the eastern side of the ground. St Kilda kicking towards the western side of the ground to bring us back home. The goal umpires getting into their respective positions. And to get us underway once again for the final term here on VWFLradio.com, my co-caller in Dan Hill. Thank you very much, Peter Holden. Siren sounds for the final term between the Muggers and the Sharks in the VWFL Premier Division. Spark flew up. Baisley won the tap. Back to Spark. Rebounded around. She got the handball away. Blackburn was dumped. Turnover. The Sharks get the clearance and the takeaway. Up towards half forward. Ashmore back of the pack for Melbourne. Had it lost. It sat on. Umpire wave play on and said, not coming out of there. I'll have it. Bounce left half forward for the Sharks and they'll be quite happy to keep it in their end as they enjoy a 32-point margin. And the ball goes up, trying to take it away. There is Chapman, who tried to weave around. Hand pass going backwards. Heffernan nearly taken high. Yes, at the umpire. Free kick to Heffernan. She's about 60 metres out from home. Melbourne Uni crowd not happy with that. She's just looking for some options to come towards her. Hope is just calling her to go long. That was the signal. Now she does go long towards the hotspot. 20 metres out. Hope set a task. Ball hit the ground. O'Brien had it. And then she got all wrapped up. Chapman claimed her. And the umpire says we'll ball it up. 30 metres out from the Sharks goal. They're attacking towards the western side. Right hand side of your radio dial. That is the Royal Parade end. For those of you who are the locals. Out towards half forward now is Heffernan. Now a kick on the left from Whitehead. Back into the hot spot. High flyers. No mark taken. Base of the pack is McFerrin. And the umpire says, I'll have it. It's not coming out of there. Bounced 25 out from the Sharks attacking goal. Spark in the ruck. Flew up. Won it. Against McWilliams. Blackburn had it. And went the don't argue. Dropped it at her feet. Umpire said, well, Ali, you've dropped it at your feet. And there's someone still holding on to you. So I'll give you the free kick for holding. Ali Blackburn, mud all over her back. She's been doing the hard work today. Looks around for some options. Hesitates. Then gets on the right. Goes along. Yeah, Booming high kick. Waiting underneath it was Garner. Got knocked out of her hands. Trying to go in there was Kula Reed. She couldn't extract it. Maybe held without it there on that occasion as White. No set the umpire. Still on half-back flank for the Melbourne Uni Muggers. In goes uh, Pound as well. The umpire blows the whistle and she says, I'll have the ball back, thank you. And on the bottom of that mess was Anderson and calls for a ball up. 
They've got to keep their shape here, Uni. They've only got one inside their attacking 50 with the ball only at half back. As Carney goes in and doing a terrific job on her, Nicola Liston, since probably halfway through the third quarter. She has worn her like a glove as the ball is tossed back up. Spark the spike. Down to McIntosh. Had it momentarily, then lost it. O'Brien, she, she's a smart footballer, got the head over it, but then just lost her balance at the crucial stage. Ball came out to Liston. In fact, it was Gardner. She goes up to half forward, Heffernan. She has McFerrin running, also McWilliams on her own. Decides to go for Hope. That was Mo Hope. And it's only as far as Ash By who marks inside a defensive 50, switches the play to Eva. And Eva takes the ball, decides to go for a run, then gets on her right, kicks it out, looking for Carney to get onto it, but it's Bruton first, tries to control it, Carney on her hammer, Bruton turns around, got on the left, went over the head there of Eva, ball uh, in the uh, forward 50 now for the St Kilda Sharks, is running onto it is McFerrin, got through traffic, kept alive, went for McWilliams, couldn't get her, oh. hurried little kick there by Hope, got knocked down at the last second, in there is O'Brien as well, chance to come away with Eva, Alicia Eva goes up the line, got support there, Slide onto his Ibrahim. Unfortunately, the boundary line was there and it went out because if she got it, she had Blackburn on who was running away. Yeah, and they just needed to get that one over the top. It's that that crucial situation where you just need a little tap on and they, they couldn't get it on that occasion. So, Bruton slow to her feet. She's currently leading the race for the $50 to TGI Fridays, but if you can't come up for the interview, you can't collect the award. So, maybe she should just be skirting packs in the last quarter. There's a piece of advice, Gemma. I don't think she'll take it. She loves to get in and under, has done it all day. She sits off this pack, about 25 to 30 metres ahead of it as the ball's tossed up on the true centre wing. Spark won the tap, but only as far as Garner, who kicks in board. Good mark, McIntosh. Gee, she's been terrific for the Muggers. Really injected some energy. She goes wide. Spark, unmarked. Can she electrify them? Pardon the pun. Middle of the ground, just, bu just building slowly. Blackburn, she decides to go to true centre forward. The kick falls short. McFerrin couldn't take the mark. Off hands. Out the back, Heffernan. Now McFerrin. Ball kicked up the wing. And that is Heffernan chipping in, I think, to take the mark. She has it on the outer side. Blackburn stands the mark. Kick towards McWilliams through the hands. Over the back of the pack. McWilliams goes in for her own ball. Spark there also. Bruton, little kick on the left, only went about four or five metres in front of her. Barringer line will be her friend. Decided not to go there, and the turnover is affected for Melbourne University. And they decide to switch towards the true centre half-back position under all kinds of pressure there and almost gobbling it up as Galuzzi. Ooh. In fact, she might have now. Charging away through there was Hope. Forced the turnover. Now came out there with Townsend. Tried to get the hurried little hand pass on. The stab on. Goal has hit the woodwork. Was it Banner? Uh, I think it was, and that's a minor score. Only the second behind of the day as well. 12-2-74. St Kilda, Melbourne Uni, 5-11-41. Here on VWFLradio.com. That absolutely slammed into the woodwork. Almost pinpoint perfect as uh, we wait for the ball to come back into play. Kicking it to herself there as White. And then kicks it long towards the half-back flank on broadcast side. Looking there for McIntosh. Went through her hands. McFerrin tried to lay the tackle. Oh, I reckon it was high. Oh, jeez, that's a head rammed into the ground there. Jeez, Kerrick was unlucky not to get the free kick in rugby league. That's the old, almost the spear. It was. It was sort of a, a dangerous tackle in the end, but no harm done. Kerrick straight back to her feet from the stoppage, extracted by Garner. She goes inside her attacking 50. Under pressure back there is Giddings. She's dumped. Umpire waving play on McWilliams. Could have been holding the ball against her. Buys dumped. 
Knocked free in the tackle, said the umpire. Little handball came out from Heffern and it's willing in close. Bruton came through. Good handball out the side. But it's all Melbourne Uni back there. If they can just force it through, force it free. Kerrick had it and lost it. Ball close towards the boundary line now at right half forward for the Sharks. And it'll be forced over. And as time ticks by, 33-point lead to the Sharks. It's slipping away from the Muggers. Umpire arches the back and throws the ball back into play. Oh, geez, Paisley slapped it as she got uh, knocked over. And a good tackle laid on once again by Liston. Stopped Carney from going anywhere. Absolutely got the lock on her. The ball throws up in the air again. Spark tries to get the slap going forward. O'Brien tries to put it over the ball. Bruton picks it up. Hanging against the boundary line under pressure from By. Kicks around the corner looking for Hope. Hope ran out of space. It went over the boundary line and out of bounds. Ashmore on her hammer. Will throw it in right in front of the scoreboard, which shows a 33-point lead to St Kilda as we've gone about five minutes into this final term. Ball will be tossed back in. It's a good throw in from the boundary umpire. He's eating the wheat bicks this morning. Taken away by Carney. Her first chance in some space. Blackburn. Back to Carney. The old one two. She just then bangs it on the right peg. And it's only as far as Cooler Reed. But off her hands. Over the back of the pack. A chance in there for Ibrahim. She couldn't come up with it. Pound also in there. Ball in dispute. McFerrin falls over it. Very smart little professional play there from Shannon McFerrin to just hold it up on the wing. Lock it under her legs. And we'll have a ball up right near the boundary line. One out by Heffernan. Got smacked in the back of the head. Umpire wasn't interested. Could have got one high, McFerrin. In fact, I think she, she got Anderson high. McFerrin, though, changed her tackle when she realised it was a little high. They exchanged raw smiles. And the umpire says, we'll do it again. Spark the tap to herself. Blackburn close to the boundary line. Heffernan wants the boundary line. Whoa. Gets it. Blackburn then shoves her into the fence. Sticks the tongue out while she's almost going over the fence. Mm, it's willing. Good to see. Just don't want to take it too far overboard, Pete. Keep it relatively within the, the conventions of the game, if you will. As the try to take it away with Liston is wrapped up by Carney. And the umpire will come in and once again call for a ball up. She's done the tagging roll, Liston, really well. Uh, but this is favouring St Kilda. The more this happens, it chews up the clock, which Absolutely. is exactly what they want. Time is their friend. It is not the friend of the Muggers at the moment. As Spark slaps towards the boundary line. Blackburn going afterwards. Pushes Bruton over. Says, get out of my way. Then comes in to lay a tackle. Then Blackburn drags it in. The umpire says, going nowhere. As wrapped up by McFerrin. And the umpire asks for the ball back. And we'll have another bounce. 12-2-74 St Kilda. Leading Melbourne Uni. We're on 5-11-41 here on VWFLradio.com. Here comes McIntosh. Hey, well, that's unusual. The, line. the umpire threw the ball over the line, uh, and and the umpire says he's going to reset it and do another ball up. Just take it in five metres. Exactly. That's what the common sense situation would be. And now it gets tapped over the boundary line and out of bounds. You but know, if it's on the full, it's actually if you tap it on the, it's actually on the full. So well, who knows? Question mark. Ball back in the, I think the umpire realises common sense at the end of the day. It's back in the play. Uh, no tries common to get sense there, Pete. And uh, it's no. all locked up. McFerrin on the bottom of that as well, going nowhere. Because, you know, back in the old days of school footy, if it was close to the boundary line, they'd run back about five or ten metres and then ball it up just to make sure that the ball's kept in play. In any footy. Just oh. take it back in. Makes and sense. Basically tries to get the tap going forward. Picked up by Blackburn, who tried to get rid of it while she was being claimed by uh, Heffernan. And then McFerrin gets all wrapped up by Blackburn, if you don't mind. That was a great... Great tackle, another great one laid on there, and the umpire calls for a ball up. Melbourne Uni is starting to lift the intensity in their tackles there, as Kerrick was, but the problem is, the intensity is good, but they need goals. They absolutely need them, they need the space. Ball was smacked out by Baisley over the back towards Bruton. 
the bounce of Aidan Hurham will have a throw in just in front of the St Kilda bench. So Lloyd Belshaw looks over his charges and you'd have to think he's pretty happy with uh, what he's seen this afternoon. Ball tossed back in. I think Kaluzzi's doing the uh, reverse tagging work on Liston, pushing her away. The ball comes out the back to Dardengo. She goes towards Hope. Had it, lost it, fisted away by Ashmore. Did well in the clinches. Now it's McFerrin going in. And she's wrapped up. I think it might have been Alex Kelly. At uh, centre-half back for the Muggers. Ball will be tossed up. Stevenson in the ruck. Flying through and smacking it forward was... I think it might have been Liston. In fact, it was Townsend. Gains about 15 metres. And now there'll be a bounce 35 out from the Sharks' attacking goal. As they're quite happy to lock it up and kill the clock as the ball's been in this half of the ground for the entire quarter. Ball up in the air. Stevenson won the tap down, but uh, Rover got claimed straight away. McFerrin goes in once again, claiming uh, Blackburn. There was O'Brien as well. She got bowled over in the contest. Umpire says uh, a free kick out of that, and it is going the way of the Sharks. The Muggers bench not happy about that. The St Kilda captain and Chapman has it. Got going off to Dardengo, and the umpire's blind a free kick and said, no, you've got to come back behind the player on the mark and do it again. So... It'll go all the way back to Chapman. Dardengo absolutely shanked the kick as well. <laughs> so she'll be lining up from about 45 metres out directly in front. So she won't be able to kick the distance. So it'll be interesting if she goes to the pass off or goes to the top of the square. She's only got the little legs, Shannon McFerrin. McFerrin with the ball. Comes in. Go the barrel. 50 metres out. Kicks it off the side of the boot, but had hope leading out towards the pocket. And she turned to Ashmore inside out on that occasion. Ashmore got to the correct side, then hope just... Decided to step back one moment and just send Ashmore the wrong way. And then got the, uh, just that enough space to take that mark. And that's what she's done. And she'll be lining up on the 45 degree angle from 25 metres out from goal. Looking for goal number six. In comes Mo Hope for the St Kilda Sharks. Here's the approach. Ashmore runs at her. Here's the kick. It is high. It is... Through the middle. Through the middle. Six goals for Mo Hope. And St Kilda moved to 13 goals to 80. They lead by 39 points. Melbourne Uni, 5'11", 41. And what's been an impressive display here at 10 Alley. Oh, absolutely, Pete. They've, they've really led from go to woe, and that, that was the key, to get out of the blocks. We spoke about that before the game. It was, it was all about getting that two or three goals in front. They managed to push it out to six goals. Uni then came back and, and have probably done that on two or three different occasions. They've made little runs here and there just to worry the Sharks momentarily but in the end probably I think a fair margin out to that mm. that six to seven goals to, to really reflect the way the game has gone today and to be honest it was all set up wasn't it in the first term it uh, was that quick five goals in the first term that set it up for him absolutely and, and Mo Hope the big contributor in that regard as the ball's back in the middle of the ground it's tossed back up comes straight back down to the base of a pack and the umpire says I'll throw it up again in exactly the same position as she did moments before. Out the back, McIntosh. Couldn't come up with it. Diving on top of it was Gardner. But because McIntosh was in there with her and also Kerrick, the umpire said, you, you both dived on it at the same time, so I'll toss it up again. Attacking side of centre for the Sharks. Slapped out by Baisley. A chance now for Kelly. Now Kerrick gets it on the left. Kick out wide. Norky's on her own. If she can come up with it, she just couldn't gather. The crucial stage. Blackburn should have handballed. 
was their second option in the end and it's put them under the pump. Little slap forward came from grounds. It was a good play, but in the meantime, Kerrick is now under siege. They just closed in. A swarm of sharks all over the ball carrier and they lock it up. We'll have a bounce right in front of our commentary position. And a free kick. Sorry, protecting in the ruck. Sorry, Pete. And that's going the way of Stevenson there. So, Lou Interesting Stevenson one. gets the uh, left boot going long, looking for Burns. Burns put the hand up, two on one, hit the ground, will have to go again. Listen in there, nearly got one high. In goes uh, Heffernan again. It uh, just uh, got away from her, getting a little push there, Norky. Knows at <laughs> the umpire. In goes Burns, got it back to Stevenson. Stevenson weaved around, got on the left, got no right, decides to uh, square it up. But there was no one home, it's just St Kilda players there. And uh, they'll take the mark and an opportunity just to try and calm things down. Going towards Van der Waal, who takes it in front of McIntosh. Van der Waal with the pill. Gets on the right, going short. Managing to find up Garner. Smart footy. Garner just looking for some options. Long to McWilliams now is probably the key. Yep, that's what she's doing. Here comes McWilliams. Crashes through. Basley was there as well. Popped up the back to Bye. Bye got rid of it on her left Good before kick. she got claimed. Good kick. Managing to find uh, Anderson. Anderson's got the ball. She's around about 55, 60 metres out from home. Just dump it in long. St Kilda players just flooding back. Burns making the lead now. Just over the head. Ball on the ground and uh, just coming towards the... Uh, Towards Stevenson on the half-board flank. Got on the left, kicked around the corner. Over the head of a few players there, including Kaluzzi's been moved forward. McIntosh gives the hand pass. Now in the goal square for Cardi, who's being claimed. as he did for holding the ball, she is. So funny thing is she was standing there. She couldn't get her legs free and was standing there for, for two or three seconds going, where am I going to handball it? Where am I going to handball it? And the umpire no said, you can't there. hold it for that long. No one there. Poor, poor restart from... Uh from the kick out, I think it might have been Liston, and just kicked it straight down the throat of Pound over there on the outer side. In fact, it's Eva. Well, if Eva kicks this, it brings it back to 33 points. So Eva, 25 to 30 metres out, 45 degree angle, right forward pocket, hardest pocket to your goal from on the ground. Good approach, Ooh. kept it low, hit the post. Unfortunate, very, very unlucky. Story of the day for uni. Yep. They just haven't converted when in front of goal. And uh, that moves them to 5 12 42. This is the very accurate Sharks, 13 to 80. I think it's Vanderwall taking the mark there, or Kula Reed. In fact, it was Vanderwall who gave off the hand pass to McFerrin. McFerrin, bit of a mongrel pump there on the right boot, going for losing staging for free kick. Haitley to try and pick it up, just weaving through, got the hand pass out. Kula Reed now going up the line, looking for uh, Heffernan to try and run onto it. Trying to come over at Heffernan, had it, and then got all wrapped up there by Anderson. And the umpire comes in and says, we'll call for a call for the ball because it went out of bounds. And we'll throw it in just near centre wing on the city side of the ground. It's 13-12-80 St Kilda leading Melbourne Uni 5-12-42. So the ball's been tossed back up and it's come straight back down. And the umpire's called for it yet again. So as things start to fizzle out on what was a terrific matchup for the first three quarters, but... St Kilda playing the percentages and shutting it down. But then Carney sharked it off the pack. Kicked it inside 50. Outnumbered 2-1 to one was McIntosh. She might win this battle. She's trying to run through legs. And then held on to her opponent. And it'll be a free kick to Burden in the back pocket for the Sharks. And decides to go long towards the half-back flank. But the kick fell short. Carney received. Got the hand past. Her teammate wasn't quite expecting it. There, McIntosh to Stevenson. Up. Stevenson on the left. And she gets it. Stevenson gets her second of the afternoon. 
They're close there for Lou Stevenson. She moves the Muggers on to 6-12-48. They trail by 32 points. St Kilda Sharks 13-80 here at Tinelli in this Premier Division match. Really hasn't been a, a game for Lou Stevenson today. It just hasn't suited her style. And, and it's good to see her get a, a late goal. But now she's uh, she's in the ruck. She's, she's struggled today from, uh, from her regular normal output. On, that's probably a little harsh, but... I, th I think she'd know that as well, but just to get a goal at the end, just to keep the confidence up, uh, it just needs to get uh, near the ball more often, and, and it's been an issue for all the forwards today for, for uni, is they just haven't had enough of it for long enough. And ball out of the centre, Kerrick. Sorry, Pete. Inside attacking 50, a chance if a spark might have been hung on to at the back, Seddon, bouncing footy, couldn't come up with it, and the clearance comes from Haightley. And trying to move it forward to get to McIrvale, who almost cut it off, did well. I think it was Burst that just went for a long bomb on. Goal! No, it oh. just bounced away. It okay. bounced away, and it just hit the behind post in the end for a throw-in. Jeez, it was a red-hot kick. Great, great shepherd on the line from ground. She, she did the team thing, and very, very unlucky. Umpire gets ready to throw the ball back into play. There's the big heave. Spark going up versus, uh, well, McFerrin in that contest. And then Anderson goes for a hurry kick, but the ball went out of bounds on the full next to the left-hand point post. And that means it's Jasmine Garner that will have the resulting kick back into play. So Garner with no one on the mark. Decides to play on. Grounds closes on it. She kicks outside defensive 50. By was at the back. Heffernan was at the front. Stevenson, she comes up with it. Darted through a couple, jumped over a few, got on the left and kicked it out in the full. Unfortunate there for Stevenson. This hasn't been her day. Give you a free kick to, again, Garner in the right back pocket. She'll get a chance to do it all again. She goes short to Norky, Ooh. kicks it out in the full. <laughs> so the game has lost all of its sting, Pete. Absolutely officially after that. And Kerrick will have it 45 out. Madeline Kerrick. She's got it 50 metres out from home. Gets on the left, hugging close towards the boundary line. But a mark intercepted by Garner. Will she Will kick this it? one out in the full? Let's hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Garner just looking for some options. Will she switch? Oh, no. She's called no. for switch. Oh, she's going for the dangerous switch. Spark nearly cut it off. It fell to Blackburn who had a snap. And Blackburn kicked the goal. Blackburn gets her second of the afternoon. And that just cuts back the lead. And Melbourne Uni move across now to uh, 7 goals, 12-54, trailing by 26 points. St Kilda 12-80 here at Tin Alley. But I think one thing that uh, Lloyd Belshaw might be a little bit disappointed with, and he will talk to his Sharks players about at the end of the game, will probably say, good win, but we let a few easy goals in at the end. Yeah, well, Jasmine Garner, she had three uh, three bites of the cherry there, three cracks and yep. three turnovers, so... Might get a bit of a lashing. And I think for Mick Sandry, his point of view will be that in case if they don't win the game today, if they can kick a few goals at the end and, and narrow the margin, at least you can say we finished on a positive note. Yeah, absolutely. Just take something from the game. It's always a good thing. Lou Stevenson in the ruck here against Baisley, who's decided to go over and stand in the mud. Why not? When in Rome, as they say, Baisley closes on the circle to do a bit of shepherding and protecting work. Stevenson won the tap. Got it down to Anderson. She hacks it forward. Leading in the race, Blackburn. Got it off her ankles and then kicked up towards full forward where Spark leads the race. Wants to get back on the right. Weaves around a 30. Pushed as she kicked. Tackled as she kicked. But she was good enough to kick the goal. So Lauren Spark, it's her first of the afternoon and it's three and three minutes for Uni. Blackburn terrific out of the middle. Spark did the rest. And... Uni, just edge it back ever so slightly. Back to 20 points. Probably too far. 
But gee, some promising signs. Where's it been? Where was it in the third quarter? Peter Holden, that's what they needed. Well, they needed in the third quarter. They had that first few minutes, as we said, in the third quarter where they attacked on goal. They just couldn't kick straight, and that's been their story all day. And as we said, for St Kilda Sharks, it was all set up in that first term when they had that run of 10 minutes and they kicked five goals. And that just, just really put that important buffer on for most of the day. Umpire with the ball back in the middle of the ground. Sparked to go up in the contest. This is Baisley. Baisley put it straight down the throat there of McFerrin. Who got on the left boot going oh, forward. Good mark. good mark being taken there. Front posse for Harris. Harris. She's 55 metres out from home, looking for hope on the two-on-one. Redwell there, and taken by Ashmore. Ashmore gets on the right, kicks around the corner, hugging close towards the boundary line. Coolery coming out there, meeting it is McIrvale. McIrvale went to go to White, snapped out of her hands, and went over the boundary line and out of bounds. 55 metres out from the St Kilda Sharks goal, attacking the Royal Parade end. You've caught on to that, Pete. Bloody fantastic. (laughs) Ball toss back in. Spark at the front, won her own tap. Why not? Then a kick around the corner, the clearance came from Blackburn. Pound couldn't come up with it. The Sharks look to go back on the attack. Busting her way through it at half back. I think that might have been White. She kicks on the left out wide to Lou Stevenson. She had it momentarily and lost it and then decided, well, I'm off. I might as well go for a run. Then she handballed to no one in particular. They landed with Heffernan, came back to Stevenson. She slid on top of it, has to be careful. Umpire says. Okay, we'll uh, we'll have a bounce just on the attacking side of centre for the Sharks. They lead it by 20 points. Spark goes up in the ruck, wins it. Ashby got claimed and thrown away after she got rid of the <laughs> ball. Goes the ball to the umpire. There is Heffernan just slammed it on the boot going forward, coming out and taking the mark. Play on touch. Here is Smith. Emily Smith turns around, tries to kick it towards the pocket to Gardner. Gardner got rid of her opponent and White decided to go to the one-on-one. Hope turn her opponent and Ashmore inside out and will be now lining up for number seven. Yeah, well, that was unfortunate, but great courage there from Gardner, who who went back with the flight, took the mark, and then Hope just doubled back on Ashmore, and, and probably the first time that Hope has absolutely uh, clearly beaten Ashmore. Uh, I'm worried about Ashby coming off. She might be holding in near her ribs, uh, where she well did her ribs against St Kilda um, earlier in the year. Let's hope mm-hmm. it's nothing serious there, but she is holding her rib area as Hope comes in to kick for goal from 15 metres out, and will get number seven, and likes it. So here on VWFLradio.com, that moves St Kilda to 14-286, leading by 26 points. Melbourne Uni uh, on 8-12-60. And uh, the trainer just seeing Ash by now on the boundary. Let's hope it's not too serious and that she'll be able to take part in the next game for the Muggers. As it's back out to 26 points and nearing that uh, full-time siren, in which will signal a win for the Sharks. And the ball's stuck over the fence for those closing stages. Ashmore wanted to jump the fence. And the upright, the Tigers do the right thing. They sound the siren. It is a win to the St Kilda Sharks. 14-86 to Melbourne Uni. 8-12-60. Your quick thoughts before you go grab our best on ground. Well, best on ground was uh, was Jenna Bruton, despite Mo Hope kicking the seven. Um, Jenna was fantastic. When the, the game was on the line in that first quarter, she had five centre breaks herself. She was she was terrific. Um yeah, thoughts on the game, Peter. It was it was one at the start, uh, as we as we said all, all through the call. It was was one in that first term. It was it, it turned the, the entire contest. We we probably thought that uh, things were going to stay close up to half time as they as they sort of worked each other out. But it was the Sharks who took the initiative and 
and got themselves to that, that heavy lead early on and, and really managed to maintain it apart from, I think at one stage, Uni might have cut it to 14 points, 13 points at some stage, but then it was uh, the Sharks going bang-bang again and, and stretching it out to that 4-5 or five goal buffer, which they, they managed to maintain and in the end uh, got it back to 20 points late did uh, did Uni and, and the last goal to hope makes it uh, a 26-point win to the Sharks. I'll let you go our better play as we talk to our listeners. Now, this win, of course, for the St Kilda Sharks puts them on level with points with Melbourne Uni in the ladder. But Melbourne Uni, because of their superior percentage, should still retain third position. So at the end of this round, it should be Darabin on top, Diamond Creek second followed by Melbourne Uni third, just ahead on percentage from the St Kilda Sharks. So we've got a very, very, very tight top four. As uh, we go to speak to our better player in Jenna Bruton, who'll be coming down in just a moment's time, we should remind those at home, we've got a brilliant game next week out at Plenty on Sunday afternoon at 1.30. We've got the top two sides, Diamond Creek hosting the Darabin Falcons. That should be a ripping game, and you'll hear it live on air on VWFLradio.com and at the ground at 89.1 FM next Sunday afternoon at 1.30pm. The top two sides will do battle. And also, ladies and gentlemen, we will be doing a Division 3-4 game on Saturday afternoon at 2.30pm. Montmorency and the Hallam Hawks. That game, 2.30pm on Saturday afternoon. So two big games on VWFLradio.com and of course the uh, girls coming off the ground. I think uh, Bruton will be going in to sing the song first and then of course she'll be getting the voucher, the $50 gift voucher courtesy of the good people at, uh, well I put up the money for it, <laughs> the good people at TGI Fridays who passed that on to me. So therefore we'll be able to uh, to reward our better player. In fact she's not coming to sing the song, she'll be coming up to chat to us in the commentary box. The Melbourne Uni girls out in the ground having a bit of a chat for them it's their third loss in a row and not welcome considering we're coming into the second half of the season they will have some games against lower size like St Norbans and the Eastern Devils and Bendigo again to try and regain some structure some confidence and importantly some wins on the board as we head towards finals football but here on uh, VWFLradio.com I'll pass Dan Hill his headset there and we'll just wait for uh, for Jenna Bruton to join us up here in the commentary box if you've just joined us St Kilda Sharks today were victorious 14 to 86 over the Melbourne Muggers, uh, Melbourne Uni Muggers, 8-12-60. And uh, joining us today, our best on ground is uh, Jenna Bruton. And uh, Jenna, I think the one word we can say today for the St Kilda Sharks was intensity. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, yeah. <laughs> you just tackled all over the ground from the start. It was was that a, was that a focus going in? Uh, yeah, I think so. We just had to keep going because last time we just dropped off in last th- in the third quarter. I think it was. Well, today your third quarter was huge. Yeah. You, you really took the game away from them. I mean, you led you led probably three or four goals the whole game, but in that third quarter, you really, really knuckled down, didn't you? Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. And, and as well, it was a fantastic effort by your teammate uh, Nicola Liston. It seemed that she was given the tagging job on the second half of shutting down uh, Emma Carney, the captain of Melbourne Uni, took her right out of the game. Yeah, yeah, and she stopped a couple goals down there as well. Right in defence. Now you got knocked over late. Down here, you, you're feeling okay? You sort yeah. of just said you caught one on the side of the head? Yeah, a bit tired now. Yeah, as you do. <laughs> and, and and the thing was, um, when you play these sides at, at the top re- at the higher echelon, you do feel that fatigue later in games. Yeah, yeah, very sore now. <laughs> yeah, and what was Lloyd's message to the girls coming into this game? Because you're taking on the side that's just one win above you and now you've drawn level. Uh, yeah, we, uh, I can't even remember, to be honest. But <laughs> <laughs> you are feeling the effects of 
of hitting the deck. Yeah. But yeah. well done today. You get the, the $50 voucher for TGI yeah, Fridays right in the city. Yeah. Thank you. So make use of that and congratulations. Go and sing the song with the girls and you're right amongst it come finals football. Yeah, thank you. Thank Good you very much to Jenna, to Jenna Bruton there joining us here on VWFLradio.com. Enjoy that, the $50 voucher to TGI Fridays. Our best on ground today. Softly spoken, not many words, but as they always say, actions are better than words, and that's what she proved today. Oh, absolutely. And as I said to her coming up to the box, I said big talk, and she said, oh, not really. And, and, and the worst thing is I've, I've basically just been knocked out on the half of flank. And that's what I said <laughs> after the last quarter. I said, you can't get knocked out because you've got to come up and get the award. So she managed to just wobble her way around in the last 10 minutes so she come up and get the voucher so well done to her I tell you the girl that was very stiff that didn't get the award today who could have easily had a claim on it was Mo Hope seven goals today and, and really I would if I was giving votes I would give Caitlin Ashmore two votes and give Mo Hope one because I thought she was fantastic because Hope could have kicked 15 yeah the ball was coming in high and long on, on several occasions and Ashmore outpointed her is it it's a, I mean, obviously, Carney probably would have been in the votes for the Muggers. They were probably the only two mm. for the losing side. But plenty of standouts for the Sharks. That was the difference. It was it was volume, and it was also the quality. It was the it was the Heffernans. It was the McFerrins. It was Vanderwall at half back, Chapman at half forward, Hope out of the goal square. Even Burden did a good job at at, uh, at full back. Of course, Bruton the best on ground. She was absolutely fantastic. Liston did the tagging role. McWilliams probably went out of the game. Uh, late on but was fantastic in the first half Garner was everywhere and Dardingo off halfback was absolutely terrific and then you get down into the 60s with uh, with Banner who was absolutely terrific in that probably first quarter and a half when the game was now you look back in hindsight probably on the line and probably there to be won and, and she was well and truly at the coalface so plenty of standouts for the Sharks going to be hard to pick their best five for the website but I'm sure and I can guarantee that Jenna Bruton and Mo Hope will definitely be in the final. And how about Basley? She rucked all day as well. Oh, absolutely. Some tough conditions there for the Sharks. And, and, and battled terrifically against various opponents. Um, faced Spark for probably 60 to 70%. Uh, Lou Stevenson went in there at stages. Uh, I think uh, O'Brien went in there for a little while. So she had to uh, go up against a few different opponents. And that's always hard when you, you ruck one out the whole day. Uh, I think uh, the relieving job from McWilliams when the ball was inside attacking 50 probably helped Baisley in that regard. And she took a few marks behind the behind the play, that kick behind. But, uh, yeah, the Sharks, a good all-round performance from them. They did drop off in that last three or four minutes and then uh, snag one back at the end, which uh, Lloyd won't be too happy with. Oh, but at the end of the day, they've got the victory. I was just need to see McWilliams seemed to go quiet there in that final quarter. She yeah, gave she him did. a lot to go to for three quarters. And but just that's because be the game it. was shut yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. The, game, the game was shut down. It was in shutdown mode. Um, the players were tired. I mean, as as yeah. Jenna said, she came up to the box and she just said, oh, "I'm absolutely knackered." Yeah. You know, it was a, it was a it was a hard running game. It's it's been mentioned by a lot of the girls that play on this ground that it is heavy. It is yeah. heavy on the on the legs. Um, a bit of rain came into it in the second term, and we we're under the pump in the com box. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's just one of those games that, that got away from uni. They they were absolutely in it. Mm. At one stage, probably in that third quarter, where they just needed to get themselves a goal, and they just couldn't work the ball forward. And, and as we said, as we said to Jenna after the game, it was that third quarter. It was the third quarter that really took it away from from the Muggers, as as it uh, sort of stayed at that four to five goal margin, and then they managed to push it out to the seven goals, and and it was probably too far. Although they didn't give up the Muggers, they got it back to 20 points. So uh, look, a good effort from the Muggers, but the start. And, and kicking into the wind, some sort of tactical structure or 
something needs to come in for them when they're kicking into the wind because they clearly didn't handle it today. Let's have a look at the goal kickers. So the St Kilda Sharks, we said seven to Mo Hope, two each to Harris, McWilliams and Banner, who are all dangerous in the first half. One to Catterall, which is great to see that she kicked the goal because we feared that she had an injury when she limped off during the first quarter, but she saw out the game. For Melbourne Uni, it was two each to Blackburn, Stevenson, and singles to Carney, McIntosh, Burns, and Spark. I guess the good thing to see, at least for Lou Stevenson, when the game was closed down the final term, and they did get that run on a few goals, she started to finally get her way into the game. Yeah, and look, it's hard. She's such a talented player. She's yeah. a terrific player. Um, and, and just really struggled in, in stages when the ball was, was locked up. And, and I think that's a... It's a coaching thing too. Probably had to get her into the ruck a bit earlier, or or maybe even just play her on ball because she's she's certainly an on ball type. She's a she's sort of an an Adam Goods mould. She could play in the ruck, could play ruck rover. She's she's got that height about her. She's got that pace. She's got a leap. She's got all the skills, but just couldn't find any space today. And that was really the story of the days, especially in the back half for Uni when they've been able to switch to play in the past. Even against Darabin, they were much cleaner in the back half. Um, Maddie Kerrick going back there, or also Brooke White. Um, I mean, Kaluzi today, she was almost best on ground against Darabin. Today, because of the way the matchups fell, Kaluzi wasn't at fullback. She was forced to the back flank, probably threw the, the routine out a little bit, and, and that, that probably hurt them then going forward. So that's something they'll look at. Um, obviously, Ashmore was forced to go to fullback to play on Hope. Um, which then threw that structure out, but I mean that move had to be made. That, that had to be made because uh, Brooke White had probably three goals kicked on her in five minutes in the first quarter. So and, and look, a lot of that wasn't Brooke White's fault, to yeah. be fair. But um, but that move did have did have to be made. I, I question why probably Burns didn't come into the middle of the ground earlier. Uh, for, the, for the simple fact is when she did in the final quarter, and and they got a goal out of her in the third quarter uh, when she moved into the middle. Um, sorry, in the second quarter, pardon me. Then and the she third was clearly quarter, frustrated. Yeah, in the third quarter, when she came when she came into the middle in the final quarter and could start doing things, she saw her starting direct traffic in the middle of the ground. And this is probably something, as much as Carney's a good footballer and leads by example for a captain, Burns was better in the middle because she was able to walk around in stoppages and going, you here, you here, you here, setting it up. And this was something that they were missing which they really didn't in the first quarter. You wonder why maybe Mick Sandry didn't say, okay, there's a quick run of goals here from St Kilda, maybe two. We've got to stop this. Let's move Burn into the middle and let's try and get someone directing traffic to make sure we shut this down so it doesn't become a blowout. Instead, it didn't happen. They lost their structures in that first quarter and that's what allowed Hope McWilliams Banner to run wild in that first term. And I've got to, be, I've got to give a, uh, an honourable mention to Cecilia McIntosh who, again, just mm. threw the heart and soul into it, uh, rolled the sleeves up and, and had a terrific third quarter when mm. no one for uni was standing up at all. Yeah. Um, and that's always a hard thing to do is, is to sort of hold your head above the pack when you're only about five foot one. Mm. And, uh, and and she did exactly that in that third term when, when the chips were down. But just across the board for uni, just all sort of down the one-on-ones, most of them. And, and, and that's where it's, it's hard to win these sorts of games. They w- they would have If they won the game, they, they would have been stealing it because they were, they were chasing for, for the entire day. Uh, with the game, of course, was being filmed today, and our commentary was added to it, and they'll be playing inside the club rooms uh, shortly. Unfortunately, lost them today, Melbourne Uni. But St Kilda Sharks should be thinking, just if we could get our hands on that tape to watch it back. I think Lloyd Belshaw would be telling her girls, uh, telling the girls uh, when they next train on Wednesday night, we need to think about what we did to Melbourne Uni in that game, and think about not only the fast start but the tackling pressure. Oh, absolutely. And he need to be, he'll need to be saying, we need to bring that game, we need to bring that attitude 
and more for when we play the Diamond Creeks and the Darabins on the run home. Because he says, if you can bring... Because the thing about Darabin that we saw a couple of weeks ago, just their movement by foot was so clean. They never had that type of pressure on them. You can imagine how a Darabin would try and react if St Kilda brought a game like that today of just immense tackling pressure. Yeah, well, and I think Basie will match up relatively well on, on Astor O'Connor. So, I mean, that, that helps them big time as well. Yeah. Although, probably around the ground, Basie doesn't have the pace to go with O'Connor. But they, and, they can and, and, and you can imagine Liston going to Pierce. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and I think McWilliams will play more in the ruck when, uh, when they take on when they take on Darabin. But, yeah, you look across the board, and, and if you can lay those tackles against a side like Darabin and put them under pressure and make them think about it, that perceived pressure... Uh, we saw last week from a lot of the Darabin players, uh, when they were under that perceived pressure, most of them playing for the Bulldogs, mm. they uh, they did struggle. Mm. So so there's certainly there's certainly chinks in the armour for the Falcons. They're not unbeatable by any stretch of the imagination. And we'll find out, of course, that next week when we have our uh, Premier Division match, the round, part of our doubleheader that we're doing next weekend. I've got a game to call on Saturday. You'll be with me on Sunday. Have a plenty War Memorial Park in plenty. Uh, if you want to get there, take the 903 Smart Bus who literally drops you outside the ground. And uh, that is going to be an unbelievable contest between Diamond Creek and Darabin. Last year's grand finalists, second versus first, going head-to-head at Diamond Creek. Yeah, it's sure to be an absolute beauty, Peter. A, a real chance for, for Diamond Creek to say, yep, we're number two. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you can't really say you're number one even if they yeah. get over Darabin because Darabin yeah. is still the form side and still exactly. going to be the favourites. But uh, if they if they can beat them or push them all the way, at least it puts them in the positive mindset of right. We keep on this track. This is what we bring at finals football. Absolutely. So look, next week enormous um, for the Sharks. They've got to keep rolling. They they may have a hand on second spot. Um, you know the, how they come up against Diamond Creek next time around. If there, I think there is a next time around. I think they might yeah, play yeah, them in the, the last game or second last game of the season. Yeah. So it's it's really. Uh, it's really gearing itself up for a, a fantastic finish to the season with uh, five sides well and truly in the running. Indeed, it is uh, being a sensational season. I think it's fair enough to say that obviously Bendigo Thunder are out of contention. Eastern Devils won't be there. St Albans, I think, may have dropped off, uh, so they may be out of it. So possibly you're down to the four. You're down to the top four. And, of course, um, that top four being Darabin, Diamond Creek, Melbourne Uni, St Kilda. To, we've seen Melbourne Uni take it to Darabin. We've seen St Kilda take it to Melbourne Uni. Next week we'll see what Diamond Creek have got. As we've shown today, any of the top four could beat any of each other on any given day. And and you've got to throw VU St Albans in there who will probably get a scalp towards the end of the season. I don't, they Obviously they won't make the finals, but they will get a sneaky scalp at some stage. They'll knock off a Uni or they'll knock off a... Knock off at St Kilda when they least when they least expect it. So it's certainly going to be uh, going to be an interesting close to the season. Well, we thank you very much for your company here on VWFLRadio.com. In fact, we uh, we listened to your blokes in Aubrey. My goodness, That's all a long that way away. indeed. And uh, as we always say, if you do listen to us, please have a few drinks. When you're drunk, we sound much better. Let me tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, oh me. But uh, an exciting game today. No, we were fantastic today, Peter. I'll give you 12 out of 10. 
Well, I should have given you the $50 TGI Fridays voucher. Well, having to do it with just about rain coming over the equipment at the same time, I thought, oh, please, goodness, don't let us get electrocuted. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's the last thing that we want out here to be fried alive. But, it wouldn't uh, have been a big loss. But I'm definitely going to be going inside the Melbourne Uni Club rooms afterwards and using the most of their heater to try and uh, warm up. <laughs> so uh, bear with me on uh, that one. But that, ladies and gentlemen, will uh, wrap up our uh, broadcast for this afternoon. Thank you very much for joining us here at Tin Alley, as we said, back on Saturday, 2.30pm for Montmorency versus Hallam. Sunday, 1.30pm for Diamond Creek versus Darren. Dan Hill, thank you very much again for your company. Thanks, Pete. It's been an absolute pleasure, mate. And, and every Sunday afternoon from 1.30... It's one of the highlights of the week. It's been fantastic so far, and I'm sure it's only going to be upwards from here. This is VWFLradio.com. I'm Peter Holden. I'll catch you again next week for two matches. And remember to keep an eye out for our broadcast schedule by following us on Twitter at VWFLradio. Bye for now.